Okay, everybody. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Coach's Spot. This is Jason T. Powell, your host and my co-host, Anthony. Super coach. (laughs) (laughs) Debrule. Don't forget the Debrule. And guess what? We have guests. We actually have guests. We haven't had guests in a while. So I can't remember the last time we had guests. When was the last time we had guests? Oh, Gator. Gator was our last time. So anyway, not only do we have a guest, we have two guests. So we have Denise Hedges. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Here I am. Yep. (laughs) She, uh... Multiple business owner. Uh, mm, 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 <laughs> two, two is multiple. Two-ish. Oh, yeah. Ish. Right. And Kinsey, I'm not even going to try to say her last name. So, Warren Feltz. Wait, let her say it. Go ahead. Warren Feltz. Warren Feltz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dyslexia is no way. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> Warren Feltz. Oh, people have and it's one of those names you just can't help but like put the emphasis. Warren Feltz. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fun name. So anyway, Denise has coached. How long have you coached, Denise? Oh my, um, team coaching. I mean, I started at 16 teaching classes. There you go. Okay. It was a competitor. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So probably team so, coaching. So eight years, eight yeah, years. At least. Cause yeah. you're, you're 24 at, now. Had a number in front of that. <coughs> yeah. Um, at least tw- 30 years, 20 years. <laughs> She's trying not to give it away. Something. Um, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> Long enough. Jason. Long enough. Yeah. Long enough. Long enough. Yeah. And then Kinsey. Is a coach. She's actually one of my coaching partners. We actually yep. coach together, which sure is do. awesome. I'm and sorry. I've known Kinsey since. <laughs> how long have I known you? Since you were since two? I was in a carrier, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that uh, no, Tori was in the carrier. Okay, uh, when we were coaching together, so that was she about four. was three, four, three, three, three yeah. or four. Yeah, she was right at two, three. I think. Yeah, you yeah. were walking. Oh, I was pregnant with Tori, so yes, yes, she would have been two. Yeah, two, three. Yeah. Yep, two, three. Yep. There you go. Crazy. Kinsey was an awesome gymnast, by the way. Yes, you were an elite yeah. for what, seven years? Yep, sure. So, was. elite for seven years, uh, full ride to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, and what else? I, I made her do a whole bio and then I didn't even put it in front of me. <laughs> so, oh, so, by the way, by the way, she did your Chanko double pike before it was cool. Dude, yep. I did. Yep, I did. <laughs> years ago when she was, I was maybe like 14. 14. Right? Yeah, 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 I remember. I coached there then. Yep. I coached there because I coached your sister. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah, she was doing your Chanko double pike. And she was actually competing when Simone was a junior just getting started. Wow. Yeah, she we, was, our she first competition, um, she had <laughs> made the comment that I was the only nice person she had talked to. And I was the only <laughs> yeah. one that would actually like give her the time of day. Yeah, and you was, were only eight inches taller than her and everybody else was three <laughs> yeah. feet taller than her. <laughs> yeah. She's still like four eight. Yeah, yeah. I know. She says she says four ten, four eleven. I'm like, yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> maybe, maybe if she if you do shoulder to shoulder, she's four eight because she's pretty muscular. But yeah, yeah, she was, she was a sweet girl though. I mean, even when yeah. she was younger and when we it was would go funny, to the first, they would talk. The first meet I saw, she was all over the place. Couldn't land a single oh, yeah. pass. I mean, she was just so powerful. It's crazy. Sure. Well, uh, there's video of was it who was it. Alicia doing a vault at level four and slamming into the vault and then falling over the vault. Her hands never touched, landed on her head. Alicia, Alicia Sacramone. Yeah. Okay, I have a story about that. I'm not about that, but right. we were at a meet. I think it was in Michigan, I think. Uh, it was an elite qualifier. I, or uh, No, it was classic. It was U.S. Challenge, U.S. Classic, whatever it was in Michigan, whenever mm-hmm. that was. Alicia Sacramone was competing. She always looked up to her. I mean, she was younger yeah, than Alicia. <laughs> but Alicia got on bars. 
and did, I don't know if it was a double lay dismount or double pike. I cannot remember. She peeled. Yeah. She peeled in warm up, like Whoa. bad. Yeah. Off, and it was, I looked at her and I go, well, I mean, <laughs> everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> right. And she was an incredible yeah. you know, elite athlete on the oh, scene yeah. at that time. Sure. So that, it just struck me as, it doesn't matter how good you are. No. It, oh, things it like that are going to happen. Happens yeah. to everybody. I mean, she yeah. literally peeled off the bar on her yeah. or I, I want to say it was a double. I don't remember. Double don't A, remember. double back, whatever. Yeah. But I just, it was like, oh, oh my gosh. But anyway. Yeah. Well, there's also footage of you at, I had left University of Gymnastics and you, you came in right after I left. I don't think, I, I wasn't there when you were an athlete there. I don't think so. And so uh, Terry was coaching you and I remember watching the five o'clock news, six o'clock news, whatever it is. And you were eight doing full ends. <laughs> You were like eight years old. She wasn't much older. I no, think she was yeah. eight. Well, we always said she was the age of her level. Yep. Yeah. So she was. Well, like, she was doing a full in though. Yeah. So no, I mean, it, and Terry was. Yeah. Terry, Terry was popping her, her. Yes. Terry was bumping you a little bit, but you were eight years old and you were doing full ins on the news. Yeah. I and I remember, crap! Yeah. I never should have. I was never really scared of anything. I'm really no. thankful I wasn't. No. And we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, mindsets because we just did. Will and I just did one on mental blocks. So. Mm. Um, did you have any questions before I get to my questions, bro? No, I'm I'm sitting here listening and learning and still kind of in <laughs> awe going, dang. She was a beast, man. Yeah. She was a beast. And that just goes to show you, and I want you to comment on this, a lot of being an elite and being national level and being a known name, there's a little luck involved because coaching changes, things like that. So I guess my question is, as a parent, how hard was it to know? Because you're a gymnastics coach, too. Right. And you're a good gymnastics coach. Oh. So Thank is, you, but there's <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. You're a very good gymnastics coach because you're empathetic to your athletes. You understand what they're going through. You were, what, class? Two. Two, which is level nine. I never competed class two. I was okay. trained class two, and then I quit. Right, but that's level nine. Right. So you understood, you understand you your athletes. <laughs> I just dated myself, but <laughs> but how hard was it as a mom to give up control when you know how talented your oh not daughter hard is? especially when I trust who she's with yeah I mean I believe me the people that she was with were incredible coaches where I'm like you have her I I trust you wholeheartedly and really I think the biggest um, it, between Terry and Igor. Yeah. Um, I know she's had a few coaches. She had about five coaches in five years mm -hmm. uh, at a gym. And um, it was just the cycle. And then once, you know, Igor came on and was working with her and she was clicking well with him because she, I was really upset when Terry left. Yeah. Like that, that killed me. I and think I was really I, upset. I'll yeah. tell you what, I wouldn't have left University of Gymnastics if I would have known Terry was going to leave. Right. Not because I didn't, I loved working under Terry. Going yeah. working with Terry was like going to coaching college. Mm -hmm. It was like this is how it's done, step by step. He never made you feel stupid for asking a question. Right. He was he was I'm getting emotional. He was probably the best mentor yeah. I could have hoped for. Yeah, he's he is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I, I was amazed by him. Just listening to him half the time and coaching and watching him and because I wasn't coaching when she finally went over and started working with him. I was out of the coaching world. I was doing a regular job. Right. Um, and uh, thought, you know, I'm going to step back and not do this for a while. And then, of course, got back in. But Yeah. Because um, that's what it does. It sucks you in. But, um, <laughs> right when you think you're out, it sucks, it sucks you, you back in. in. Oh, trust me. I've been, I've been pushed back in like four times. Right. Right. So. Um, 
But, um, but yeah, but Terry was just incredible. I mean, I, I respected him highly and he's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the sport. And yeah. I knew, man, she was in good hands. Wasn't even an issue. Ever. What, what's funny is Will, who's one of the other co-hosts, uh, the three of us live together, me, Terry and Will. Really? Yeah. You met him today. I, yeah. And, uh, we used to, we, uh, all three of us live together. He loves Terry. He's like, yeah. And, you know, he recognizes good coaching. Well, it doesn't matter what sport you're in. You can recognize good right, coaching. Right. He was a so, good guy. But on that same note, you you did get to coach her. Yes. And it's funny because it's been pop in, pop out. Like, I mm-hmm. never coached her when she was little. I, I didn't want to. I really didn't. I'm like, uh, I, great. You go here. She When we were at Allen Gymnastics mm-hmm. and we were working together, she was a gym rat. Grew up oh, in the yeah. gym. You know, I never, I was coaching optional. She was compulsory. So I didn't ever coach her. Then we went to U of G where Terry was and I, she was compulsory at that time and then worked into optional and I wasn't coaching. And so I never coached her until later on. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a definite, uh, difference of, you know, just the dynamic, Mm -hmm. but I never wanted to be the mom. And I've always tried to tell parents this, even though I'm a coach and a parent, I've been a gymnast. I have a, I'm a parent of a gymnast, a, a highly competitive one. I don't try to coach her at home. That, I right. There is a, there yeah. is a line. I'm not, I, I'm not interested. We didn't talk about it. I didn't want to, you right. know, I want her to know I'm her mom. I'm not a coach. And, and I had knowledge of knowing what she was doing or what she was doing wrong. And I'm not going home trying to tell me fix stuff or, right. or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's not my job. That's her coach's job. I don't, I just want to be her cheerleader and yay, yeah. yay, yay. Yeah. Until I was forced to be in there and then have to, you know, do the role of a coach. And then taking off that hat when you go home and, yeah. you know, I don't care what happened in the gym. That's, that's how I am with, with, with my daughter right now, too. We, yeah. we do the same thing. Yeah, because you coach right. your I say, daughter. I say when we're at home, Dad, when we're here, you refer to me as coach. Like, this, is how it, this is how it is. I know, sorry. Stop hitting so, the table. Oh, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, Everybody so, keeps banging on the table. But I do have a question because yeah. I find myself with with my daughter coaching her. It's not so hard for me to coach, but like say for instance, like if I'm spotting or watching other like other events, I don't watch. Like I've never seen her floor routine or a beam routine ever. Because yeah. for me, I get the anxiety, so I just don't watch it. Right. But like, say for instance, on bars, when I'm spotting her, like on an overshoot or something else, any other kid, I'm fine. But she, but with her, I'm like the nerves because yep. I just know, you know what I mean. Yes, and I, I know I'm going to keep her safe, but oh, you know the the thought of what if, and then it goes every time I'm with her, and I'm like, oh, I got to take this off because I didn't want to coach her. I, I was. A little kind of forced into co- coaching her because the coach left, and then they're right. like, "Okay, come on, <laughs> we know you don't, but we need you." And I was like, oh, "Fine," and it's been fine. But I think for me mentally, it's kind of just kind of letting her go and be her mm-hmm. terrifies me. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes I kind of maybe hold her back a little bit, and I try my best not to, but I think I do it without knowing. In terms of uh, referring to like injury like, or her getting no, no, hurt, no, or just, just letting in her like like do a skill in an injury and things like that too. Yeah. I just it just it's it. I, I feel like that's where my problem is with coaching her right now. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about maybe we should do a change and stuff like that. She doesn't want to because she likes me mentally and me. Right. You know what I mean? She feels safe, but for me, I'm like. Am I holding you back? From, yes. Yeah. And I don't know if I am or if I'm not. Right. But I, I feel it. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know, did you ever have that? You know, I never really had that feeling. And I will say, because I feel like I was such a secondary coach for her, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Igor was her coach. He, he called the shots. He said everything. We'd go to an event. You know, I'd coach her on beam. But I'm telling you, if I had a problem or she was giving me attitude, like, <laughs> you don't understand. I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right, Igor, she's yours. I was and say, and all you over. have to do is tell yeah. Igor. Yeah. And Igor is going to be on the show, by the way. He asked me. Good. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Good. So, because uh, he talk about he has knowledge of every sport oh, and every oh, yeah. and training is just unbelievable yeah what about as as a daughter how'd you feel when who kind of chose because what was it your junior and senior year of high school that you competed high school when uh, did you it was my, yeah freshman, freshman senior okay so freshman yeah. and senior so that's that's a little bit of a different dynamic because i was mm-hmm. high school coaching right so we had the gym Mm-hmm. But then I was the high school coach. I was, you know, full time just at high school. Yeah. And she was able to compete for us freshman year and, and senior year. Much to Igor's uh chagrin. Chagrin. Disapproval. <laughs> at least her freshman year. Right. Um senior year it was Did totally you different. want to? Did you want to? Or why'd you compete your freshman year? Well, for that's high when school? I uh like messed up my shoulder pretty bad. Okay. Um so and I had always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, just to kind of get the team feeling. I didn't really know. I've yeah. always competed by myself. You know, I've never really had teammates that have stuck with me, I guess. Right, because at that level, once you get to level 9 or 10, it's so rare to have mm-hmm. teammates that you're with that whole time. Yeah, right. I mean, it's amazing to see the people that you compete with that, you know, I knew from Woga or, right. you know, and on multiple gyms, and they just kind of fall out. And you don't find out until, you know, you're in season. You're like, well, where's where's this girl? Yeah. Well, she yeah. quit. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's crazy. But, what yeah. years did you win Coach of the Year? Oh my! Did you uh, win it? Tw- did you win it twice? How many times did you win? I just I, through what through through high school. Uh, high school. Oh, I think two. I don't know. I think I know. <laughs> She's tw- so humble. So like two. I don't. Know. I think tw- 2011 because that's when we won state. Mm-hmm. That was her first year. Yeah, because you me. signed 2012, right? Yeah, she graduated yeah. in 11. Yeah. Okay. So her senior year, 2011 high school, we won state, and then 2012. So I had uh, Kinsey her senior year, and then the next year, 2012, was Tori her freshman year. Okay. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, they each definitely. got to win a state championship. There's only two that I'd won in the 14 years I was there. Yeah. And happened to be with both my kids. Well, and so Tori was cool. pheno- phenomenal too. Mm-hmm. She was. She really just didn't good. like to practice. Yeah, she just didn't like. <laughs> she loved to compete. Yeah. yeah. She hated to train. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. But she was so talented. Right. We, I always knew. I mean, I, both of them. Like, yeah. they're both. You know, she stuck they out. They were beasts. She's, she, yeah. They were no, both really. beasts. Seriously. Beasts. You, yeah. 100%. I mean, it. Very rarely do you see, but I mean, even when she was two or three, mm-hmm. you know, like when she almost got killed by a mm-hmm. level 10 gymnast, mm-hmm. um, when she was two or three. Running around the gym. Running around yeah. the gym. She ran right under strap bar. Oh, you know, gosh. A, gymna- a gymnast <laughs> who could have booted her across the whole gym is doing giants and she's like looking at her and I'm going, is she, she's timing those. And I think I even said, Kinsey. And she went and she ran and she caught her foot on the mat and fell in the middle <laughs> of the strap bar oh, gosh. as the girl's coming down oh. and then stands up when the girl's about to kick her and uh, the gymnast straddled her legs over her head. <laughs> <laughs> I would have died. Okay, don't turn me in for anything. Yeah, but she, uh, but she was always in the gym, always, always. and yeah. always wanted to be in the gym. Yeah. I don't remember a time. Was there a time when you were like, even when you were injured, where you're like, oh, I got to get to the gym? 
I mean, yeah, I was always, I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't want to like feel like I was missing out. Right. You know, and yeah, I, I was, I was well, give, in the gym. Give some input to, cause we have a lot of gymnasts that listen to the show because mm-hmm. a lot of Anthony's girls that he coaches listen to the show. Give them a little insight into how much you feel you lost or missed out on as a teenager compared to what you got as an athlete. Because people think about that all the time. Yeah. And people always say, like parents, as a coach, Mm -hmm. what's the number one thing we get is, well, I just want them to have fun. Well, nobody has fun losing. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I've thought about this a lot, especially lately and probably because we have the podcast because I've listened to elite athletes in every single sport and you hear them say all the time. Uh, sacrifice. I don't think of it as sacrifice anymore. I think of it as investment mm-hmm. as I'm going to practice. I'm missing the school dance. It's an investment in my future. It's an investment in my character. It's investment in all these other things. It's not necessarily a sacrifice. And as an adult, I can look back on my years as an athlete, especially wrestling, and I missed a lot of things. Food. Uh, (laughs) I mean, food more than anything. Food more than anything. But I look back on it, and I wouldn't trade it now because I'm an adult and I know. And -hmm. I remember those school dances. They weren't that much fun for me. But as an athlete, put give some light on that. On how on do you feel like you gained much more than you lost by not doing that stuff? I mean, because and this is funny. no knock. I, I, Corey got to do that stuff more yeah, than you, right? Yeah, yeah, because she didn't do right. the club route and and the the total commitment like that. She, you know, by the time she hit. Middle school, I guess it was. Seventh well, grade. And that's a perfect thing to talk about, too, because you got to see someone doing it who mm-hmm. lived with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. While you were sacrificing it. Yeah. Well, kind of. Tori was younger. So really, by the time Tori was in middle school, she mm-hmm. was almost out of high school. Oh, OK. So she was on her way right. going to college. And it, so she didn't she saw all that happening when she was off in college. Right. Not right. when she was at home. But how do you feel about that? Give it some insight into athletes because you've been through it more than any of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I go back to my teenage And you're a coach. (laughs) You're a coach. So now you see it from the other side. Yeah. Because I coach with you. Mm -hmm. So I know when they're not there. Right. How you feel. Yeah. (laughs) Where you're like, ah, they kind of need to be here. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I... I really wanted to be somebody. Um, and I think that's kind of what drove like me to, to continue the sport. Now, did I miss going to football games and stuff? Yeah. I mean, what teenager wouldn't, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of like, I'm, am I really missing out on anything? Right. Just watching boys like throw footballs and you know, it's not really that big of a deal. And, um, I mean, I think my mind changed kind of when I hurt myself, uh, mm-hmm. when my shoulder was, you know, jacked up. Um, cause that was my freshman year of high school. Um, but I, I kind of, I always thought about my future more than my here and now and my feelings, you know, towards basically, you know, giving my life away. You know, I didn't get to, right. I don't know. It's kind of hard to, well, but I feel like too, we really tried to, with me being teaching in a public school, mm-hmm. 
luckily at that time we were able to do like she has done the homeschool route. She did that for about three years with a in school. Was it three? Two, yeah, three. I was. It was two two younger too. Was yeah. it like at U of G or yes. where was? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yes. U of G had a yes. homeschool in the gym. So I know she did it for sure. Two years. If I think it was two years. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I think it was two years. Um, but she. So she. We tried that, and I know she wanted somewhat of a social life. So it's really hard to. We know what route you're on. We know what we're trying to do. You know, getting with Igor and then working out the school situation. Okay, can you do two days? Mm-hmm. You know, is she, can she? Can she do the elite training? Uh, devote those hours and still have somewhat of a quote normal, somewhat upbringing, you know, or, or right. just a social life. Right. It's not normal. I mean, it, no. I I don't regret for a second her having a complete freedom social life of high school where she had nothing that she needed to devote her time to because she just would have gotten in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I let's just, that. let's just be honest. I do too. Yeah. So I, 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 I talk with you. I know what you yeah. think. You keep <laughs> kids busy yeah. and keep them focused. But it's, stay it's also trouble. easier yeah. when, when the, the child alone wants yeah. to do gymnastics and has right. love you can't, you can't force, force them. It, you, know? you, you can't, can't force them. Mm-mm. And you, I think that's what's, that was, what was kind of easy for me is I loved gymnastics. Like, right. Right. You know, I had my times where I wanted to quit and there were a couple yeah. times that I did. Well, and every elite, every elite, athlete in any sport that I've talked to because I do research for the podcast and stuff. And, and every single one of them is like, uh, it was never a question for me. So if it's a question for you, maybe, maybe that elite life isn't for you. There's nothing wrong with being a good level Mm -hmm. nine or 10, right? Like Frisco school district here in Texas, they can do off campus PE and they can go to morning practices at the gym and not get to school till 11 a.m. Right. And then do regular public school mm-hmm. from 11 a.m. till 3 o'clock. They come back from 4 mm-hmm. to 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And then they're done. Yeah, they're that's having what she, dinner. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're having did. dinner with mm-hmm. your You're having dinner with your parents. You're right. talking with your friends. You, you don't lose anything. Right. And you're still doing. And I think that's the best route for me. I personally think that if you need more than 24 hours a week, to train an athlete, you, it's probably lazy coaching. Mm. I do. I think it. I'm telling you. I think. I think a four hour, four hours a day, four to five hours a day should be more than enough time to put an athlete on the right track. And I've seen it. I've seen really good. It co- is dependent. Every kid is different. Right. Here you've got Sean well, Johnson who trained no more than 20 hours a week and went to public school and didn't. Because it was Sean Johnson. Because it was yeah. Sean Johnson. She's amazing. She's right. just genetically gifted. Mm-hmm. You've got kids that are genetically gifted. Right. And then you've got kids that aren't. So I've hours equates to progression. It just right. does. Some kids need more time. Right. They need more time. My argument would be then they're probably not going to be an elite athlete even if you put them at 40 hours a week. Their body's Maybe not, not. going to hold up. Their body's but, not going to hold up. Sean Johnson, Nasty Luke, and Simone Biles, all these people. Um, who was it? Uh, it might have been Hill. She was talking. She's like, I could eliminate six hours a week if I would be a better coach. Because she was running the gym for an hour of practice every day. She was running, she was, she was trying to go run the gym and then come back. And so here's her level 10 elite group. Stretching on their own, mm-hmm. being trusted with that. Right. And then, okay, you guys condition. I got to go. I, I I don't have anybody to staff this 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 weekend. I got to go find someone to staff this. Go condition on your own. 
Now, again, if you as a coach are hands-on, eyes-on that whole time, you can do the same amount of conditioning in 30 minutes that they're getting done in an hour. Right. Well, I'm not going to disagree. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't disagree with, even in high school, you know, I, I know it's so small potatoes compared to anything else, but because I was a club coach and then I went into the high school, we only got 10 hours. Right. That's all we were allowed to do. Well, college, she only got 20, right? Yeah. 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 And she came, you know, was used to doing 30. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Air quotes. Yeah. 20. Sure it was. Wink, wink. Anyway. um, But yeah, with high school, I was not allowed to do anything more. So we had to be efficient and I'm going to run it as best I can with these kids. Now, some of the kids in high school were definitely not up to, you know, high level. And then I had kids that were. Yeah. So for me, it's no standing around. No, you know, it's, we're efficient. Right. I'm not going to, you know, stand the chalk bucket for 20 minutes waiting for your turn on bars. Which is funny because some people, I I hear coaches a lot. I'll be at a meet and I'll be talking to coaches from another gym and they'll be getting their butts kicked by Woga or Kurt Thomas or United Elite or, (laughs) uh, or Texas dreams, or they'll be getting their, well, of course they're kicking our butts because those kids go 28 hours a week. And I'm like, if you go less hours than that, you need to practice more efficiently and not use that just as an excuse to not do well, which is what I hear because Terry, Terry, when at U of G, when he first started at U of G, when I stepped down as head coach to let him come in as head coach, I think the most our 20 hours a week was the most any kid was coming in that gym. Mm -hmm. And then Terry and I started the homeschool program. And of course, you know, Haley was doing 40. Right. There's no, that's what my point earlier was getting Mm -hmm. to, by the way, my ADD was getting to was luck because if Haley would have had consistent coaching for her whole career, where could she have been? And you trained, you trained alongside of her. Oh yeah. She's like the person I looked up to the most for sure. She, she was a beast. By mm-hmm. far. And mm-hmm. work ethic. That's a prime example of work ethic. Be, she, right. I'm not saying she wasn't talented. Haley, mm-hmm. you're unbelievably talented. But her work ethic was unbelievable. Right. Like, but that's a prime example on someone's body not being able to hold up with 30, 40 hours a week and not consistent coaching. If she has the same coach for that whole time, like a lot of mm-hmm. high level, Sean Johnson, Nasty, right. uh, you know, even though she moved around in the gym between coaching partners, she was in the same environment the whole time. Where could she have gone? Right. Her husband asked me, how how good was she? I'm like, she's the best besides Kinsey Hedges. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> she's the best athlete I've ever been in the gym with yeah. ever. Yeah. And he's like, really? Because he, you know, he didn't get to see her till she was in at Oklahoma. So. But my my point is, it's not that I'm saying if someone's gonna go is that elite, like Sean Johnson, if mm-hmm. they're that kind of package, twenty four hours is enough. There's some kids that are never gonna be elite if they have forty hours. If they, and yeah. if even without an true. injury, even without an no, injury, that's true. there is a definite difference between between an elite in gymnastics and a level ten in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between playing college baseball and playing major league baseball. There's the same difference talent wise. There's people that will not be in the major leagues strictly because they aren't fast enough. They can't throw hard enough. They can't, you know, everybody can be an elite. That's what I was. That's what I meant. Regardless. What I'm saying, if you have a Sean Johnson, you have a nasty Luke and you have a Kinsey, you have somebody like that 24 hours of well-structured practice where there's no sitting around. There's no, that is enough hours for them to be an elite. 
That's I just I wholeheartedly believe that. I think there's a lot of lazy coaching with very talented kids because they're talented that those kids could have a normal life if you just arrange practices different. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want I don't, I don't want to throw you but under the, the bus. The elite world is a different world. Yeah. Oh, the expectations sure. yeah. are different. Absolutely. The it, the the intensity, the the whole environment. Oh my goodness. Well, Kinsey's a, a prime example. World. Kinsey's a prime example. There's mm-hmm. a part of her that she needed to be an elite athlete that nobody taught her. It was just it's just it's just who you are. Yeah. Even to this day as a coach. And and I've said it I've said it to multiple people who will listen. I'm like Kinsey has the potential to be the best coach I've ever worked with because of her level of empathy and her competitive attitude. That the two things combined. Anthony's another prime example. Anthony's very empathetic to his athletes, sometimes too much. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you if yeah. they cry, he'll stop conditioning them. Right. Okay, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, Kinsey yeah. won't do that. Yeah. Kinsey won't do that. But she also has a level of empathy for all levels of kids right. that I haven't seen when I've coached with elites. I've coached with elite athletes that mm-hmm. have now transferred to coaching. She has an empathy in her that I don't see in those athletes because it became it was easy for them so why I mean, do you why do you think that is well yeah why i'm sure that has to be parenting that's not what i was saying that she had that you couldn't <laughs> give to her obviously she she got that from you and your husband i don't know i mean oh you're pretty empathetic I, you're yeah, pretty empathetic. Mommy, I, know, I am yeah i know i am you're I'm, one of the nicest people i know uh, so, well, so, so and that's that, i'm actually saying that like anthony's really not off off camera and off he's actually a real jerk but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can totally tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just so dominant. Yeah, I can um, tell. I mean, you know. Right, right. No, just kidding. But they, that has to be from how she was raised. I think a lot of that yeah. is from how she was raised. Yeah, sure. So that's a credit to you as a parent. Mm, well, thank you. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> because really, she, cause she has the intensity level right. and she has the competitive level, but she also looks at her athletes and she's like, I understand that that's not there today, that we can come back to that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where there's plenty of high level coaches, one of them was just found in a rest stop. Yeah, that didn't know how to do that. That didn't know how to say, "Okay, it's not there. Stop." Yeah, like there's parts of my my career when I was at different gyms, when I owned my own gym, that I was like, if I was, would I have gone farther as a coach with my athletes if I would have been a jerk, more of a jerk? Because people listen to the podcast and they think this is how I am when I coach. This is not how I am when I coach. By the way, I'm not overbearing and, yeah. and talking. No, I yeah. still talk constantly, but yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. yes, yes. But but could I have gone farther in my coaching? Well, it, but mm, I feel like with all the stuff that's played out over these last few years, yeah. Um, you know, I, like I said, the elite world is a different world. I got a little bit of taste of it being with her there with Igor and, and feeling and seeing the coaches. I mean, I cannot tell you when you step into that national team training center and she's training and you're there being watched by the national team staff that you could cut the tension in the air with a knife. Oh, sure. And the expectation of every coach, it was, 
I gotta, I've got to be tough. I can't do this any other way. I feel mm-hmm. like there was an expectation that that's the only way you can be if you're going to have any successful kids in this right. program, mm-hmm. period. That's it. There's nothing else. There's right. no empathy at the National Team Training Center. Sorry, there wasn't. Right. Um, um, and it was, you know, she shows up, and I'll never forget, we were there one time, and I think you were, I don't know if you were, you weren't hurting, but I think you were doing a skill or something. I don't even know. You fell or you got frustrated or something. You show no frustration. You show no tears. You show no pain. You just suck it up and keep going. And it's But the pressure on the coaches mm-hmm. to get up, get up. Just act yeah. like it doesn't hurt. Act like it doesn't hurt. You know, that kind of thing. I'm not, and that's, that's not right. But right. that yeah. is, that is the mentality there. It was. Yeah. I saw, and it's not like I was even in the inner circle with all that. I could see that yeah. just in the few times that we were ever there and, and just feeling that, you know, and, and that's when I really started to step back and go, you know, I don't know that I want to do this elite thing. I right. mean, there's I, a lot of coaches don't, that don't. There's a lot me. of coaches that won't even do above level nine. Well, no, and I there's don't. a reason, you yeah. know, because if you're being made to feel like the only way you can be a good coach is to be a jerk and to not have any empathy and to keep pushing, that's not okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just not. So well, what's, what's funny is we, I coached with you the first time I ever coached team. So I left, I came back and I was coaching team and, and Chris pretty much gave me the leftovers of everybody that didn't went around and said, Hey, who don't you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them here, to here Jason. And yeah. I was very frustrated because I think right then it might've been after I left left there and went to U of G because that's why I went to U of G because they were like, if you come in, you're head coach. And I was nowhere near ready, but I went and I think it might've been my first meet at U of G where I'm standing on the floor at a level five. This is before they changed. Um, and there's Kurt Thomas, Valeri Lucan and Kim Zameskel all standing coaching floor right next to me. So I'm the only person coaching their kids on floor that has not had a world national that's not or olympic at all or olympic medal <laughs> and i'm standing there and i'm coaching right and i'm like i i almost didn't want to give out a correction because i thought oh if i give out the wrong correction you. yeah yeah i'm and, gonna be judged and i watched yeah. and i'm not saying i'm not saying these coaches were like that right no i know but that's but, what we, that's what we you play in your head well you know, and with the intimidation mm-hmm. and you know, of course i just started at u of g so i think we we got beat pretty bad and i went to gap that year Gymnastics Association of Texas, which is a big convention they had every year except last year. Um, and I went to GAT and I was kind of upset because I was going to clinics and I was going to these things. And I'm like, do I have, pardon my French, do I have to be an ass to be a successful coach? And then I met Larry McDowell. Mm-hmm. And then I met three or four other, co- I met Terry. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to be a jerk to have quality athletes. Right. Because you can argue whatever you want. And I'm sure people are sick of hearing this on the podcast. Mesquite Institute in 7,800 square feet at one time was the best gym in the nation. Mm -hmm. It was a very short lived time because Mm -hmm. of ownership and other things Mm -hmm. that happened, Mm -hmm. but they were the best gym in the nation that year. And they were dominating people in 7,800 square feet, which for a gym is, is pretty minute. Right. And that's when Terry, I would, I would, that's when, Haley moved to Mesquite and I was still at her parents or her grandmother's gym 
And they asked me, will you take, will you take Haley? And she was a level nine and she was spectacular. And I was 26 and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. And so, okay, we're going to send them somewhere else. Is that it? We just want to make sure that's okay with you. Cause you're the head coach here. I said, I can't handle, I can't handle having two level nines. And then I had all these fours and fives, but I said, Hey, well, can you ask the head coach over there if they'll let me come over and watch in the mornings? Cause they all practiced in the mornings. And then I'll come here and coach in the afternoon. And she said, yeah, I'll ask him. And it was Terry. And he was like, absolutely. And I went over and watched him the first day. And he was not having me just sit in the stands. He was like, no, come out here. Get up on this pit bar. Like, yeah. he was like, look at this and look at this. And do you understand why this is happening? And this is happening. And I was like, oh. and he's like, hey, do you golf? Let's go golfing. And we end up living together and yeah. and <laughs> end up coaching together. I stepped down as head coach for him to come in. And it was like going to coaching. And he's the one that taught me. Well, and you did too, because you were always really good to your athletes. No matter what you cared, what, how they were, right. how they were feeling. And Terry was a prime example. I remember we were in practice one day, and he was like, "Hey, what's wrong with Mallory's ankle?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "She's kind of she's on her way to the drinking fountain. She's kind of limping a little bit." And he went over and he said, "Mallory, what's wrong with your ankle?" You know, and he was so in tune with his athletes. Mm-hmm. You have to be, but they're not. There's a bunch that aren't. Well. There's yeah. a bunch that yeah. are, this is how I said, do it, do it. You don't have another option. I don't care what your learning style is. Yeah. You have to change to my coaching style. Right. Which. Well, and I think that's why you have a lot of changing. Jim hopping, kids moving absolutely. around. Yeah. Trying to yeah. find the right that personality They're always looking for a bigger, better deal. Well, that too. I mean, yeah, they think, you know, if there's anything goes wrong, it's always oh, coach's fault. Right. And so, oh, we're going to find another coach. And then, but then there's something else that, other, that coach does that they don't like. So then it's on to the next one. And. You know, I've always said gym hopping and that kind of thing, and I've just kind of derailed us. Yeah. But gym hopping and moving coaching, you're talking about consistency with yeah. these kids that are being good. Mm-hmm. You have to stay consistent. You have to ride the wave of good and bad. Yeah. Um, you know, once we got to the point where it was Igor with her, and she was eight years old as a level eight, that was it. We were done. Like, yeah. they had a good uh, connection, and I knew at her level, moving forward, it's not going to be a benefit to switch her to somebody else. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, for sure. And he knows what he's doing. He's good with her. They have a good relationship. So we were in it for the long haul, no matter where he went, no matter what he did. Yeah. And now we're business partners. But, you know, it just, we knew that though. Right. But that was after a conversation with her too. Like, well, okay. To be well, honest, when I first met Igor, I didn't like him. Yeah. I really didn't. He was just <laughs> what eight-year-old eight does. You know how many yeah. times I've taken so over a team and eight-year-olds are complaining? I had, I had an eight-year-old ask her dad to kneecap me in the parking lot with a baseball bat. He's like, can you <laughs> oh, hit him gosh. in the kneecaps with a baseball bat? I hate him. And she became one of my biggest supporters of all time. It was right. it was Kaylee Wright, by the way. She was at University of <laughs> Domestic. And uh, she, a- yeah. she actually asked her dad to take me out in the parking lot. That's funny. So she hated my guts. Yeah. Hated my guts because it was change. Because it was changed. Right. That's well, exactly and that's the thing. why. I went from Terry yeah. to this strange man that I've never even seen. And, you know. With a funny. His, his who talks accent, funny. And it's <laughs> very intimidating and his, looking. He's yeah. massive. Yeah. And, you he's know, and his, he's just loud anyway. Yeah. Like, he, it is so funny because we talk about that. Igor is the biggest teddy bear ever. He, he really is. is. Yes. But he's loud and intimidating. He's and masculine. Little, little kids. He's masculine. Yeah. Little kids are like, Whoa! but then yeah. they just love him. Oh, yeah. Once you get to know him. Oh, he's the first. He's a, when first time he met my daughter. Daughter. He was like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how are you? Yeah. Come here. You know, <laughs> and she's he like, like stay away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's masculine, mm-hmm. which a lot of people in this time and age don't understand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
you know, I, I get that. I've had parents tell me I'm too intimidating to talk to. And I'm like, Oh, I, I, I get that. But too. see, I have that too though. What? I, I mean, I'll, I, where I've had kids I've coached where, yeah. Oh, she, she's so mean or oh, yeah. I, I'm, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, but right. There's expectations. I think, yeah. I think there's always a level of expectation as a coach. Mm-hmm. You're going to have these expectations yeah. for your kids and they're, you're going to try to get them to meet them. Yeah. And if yeah. they don't, you're going to point it out. Yeah. I mean, that's our job, you know? Right. So a lot of kids didn't like to be called out, but I'm just going to speak what I see. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I care about you. I love you. I'm empathetic to you. I want the best for you, but here's the expectation. We're yeah. not crossing this line. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are. Right. This is, this is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't, I'm going to say something. Yeah. I'm not yelling at you. Right. You know, but it is what it is. I left because when I took over my nine ten group, um, after a month, they were like, you know, when you first came in, we were like, Whew, he seems tough and stern. Like, <laughs> and and I had lined him up and I explained them to them about, you know, the transition and what right. I kind of expect and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, we were like, oh, he's going to be all this, you know, tough guy. And then they're like, and then you opened your mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we knew. And we were they're like, no, we got this guy. Yeah. And I they think know that's what, it too. Well, they see the tattoos yeah. and you're tatted up even more than me. They see the tattoos, the beard. The mohawk. I usually have a mohawk, and so they're like, "Oh, this guy's nuts." Like, yeah. Which, which is is crazy because what we were talking, what when I was talking about the rest stop and John, uh, what mm-hmm. is it, Getter? Mm-hmm. Um, that used to irritate me about him because he was kind of like a rock star. He thought he was so cool with the open shirt and the neck, that stupid shark tooth necklace or whatever it was <laughs> he wore. And I never liked him when I met I met him and I met. Larry and both times I was like, "What does nobody see this?" Like the first time I met Larry, I was like, "It was at a convention. It was a national. It was a national convention." I'm like, "Is nobody else getting a vibe? Right. Like, am I the only? Am I nuts?" And, and I, every time I've had that feeling, it's turned out to be correct because right. I had it at a gym I was at too, and I met one of the coaches, and I'm like, "Does no one else see this?" Am I, it, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just not. But when you have a coach that is of high caliber like that, right. it's it's excused away or it's. The problem oh, well, is. It, that's just him. It's associated just, with winning. Well, right. That's the problem is right. because you think just because you get results mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's the correct way to yeah, do it. Yeah, it's happening in the yeah. right way. Well, and yeah. we see now, not so much. Well, and here's a prime example. When I was on stage and I used to do comedy, I used to have a joke. And it's, a, it's actually, I like the joke, but it's, <laughs> I'm going to help with the homeless pet problem. I'm going to stop breaking and swerving. <laughs> okay. Okay. But that was terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> well, and then I said, which is awesome. Cause it also helped with the homeless person problem. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the irony, the irony of the joke. Obviously just because it lowers the population of homeless pet problems, you're not doing the correct thing. Right. That's what the joke is showing. Right. right. That we're getting to a certain place and, oh, my kid's winning. Mm-hmm. Well, as a coach, I will tell you winning is important. Mm-hmm. Striving to win and using the proper procedures to get to win is also very important. Yeah. It's almost as important or more important than the winning. Is did you use the proper process to get there? Right. And making kids work out when they're hurt and abusing kids and damaging their mental mm-hmm. stability right. and making them feel worthless if they don't do it a certain way 
is not the way to get there right. properly. Well, and that's where even with Kinsey, and I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit. I mean, she's been through it all as yeah. to, you know, you hear all these stories of these girls who had a horrible experience trying to get to the level she's at. I don't, she was lucky enough to not have that experience at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I just feel like I was very lucky in general. You know, I never. Well, you had Lisa too, which yeah. is a buffer, which was a buffer between yeah. you and yep. Igor. Yeah. Lisa when was a Igor... definite. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. I love Lisa. I loved her to death. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to her in so long. I just, Hey Lisa, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> I miss you. I haven't I talked to you forever. She's not. <laughs> but she was so good for her, for Kinsey too, at that time with, she's funny She's well, and she her and Igor together. Oh are my hilarious. gosh, they're yeah. they were a mess. They were they really are. No, <laughs> I was kind of I kind of got nostalgic this weekend because him and Jennifer were like that too. They're yeah. he teases her the whole time yes. and she gets a little upset and there's this dynamic <laughs> yes. that's there. Yeah, that is so rare to find a good coaching partner. Right, where that happens, and you were, but she acted as a buffer for you. Yeah, a yeah, lot. She did. You know. Um, she was that I when I left University of Gymnastics, one of the gymnasts, she goes, but when Terry's mad at me, who whose belly am I going to bury my head in? Because she would come when she was upset, she'd come give me a hug and her belly, her head would rest right against my belly. And I never thought of that because now I don't even hug like that. I do the side hug because I'm yeah, a male. No, you're not allowed to now. Yeah, you, I'm a male. You know, but. The funny thing is, look how important that was to her. Right. And now you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Because you can't be trusted because of what these other people did. Right. Yeah. Okay. As a parent, when, how, was it just a definite, once you saw Igor coach her, you were like, nope, that's who's going to coach him. I mean, was it, was there any, were you just sure as soon as you knew? Um. So I, you know, had sort of met Igor before right. he even came to U of G as, as, as we all coached in the area, I knew of him, um, you know, just from afar, he looked like, Oh, he's a cool guy. You know, yeah. he's, he's, he has a good rapport with the kids and, and the kids seem to really like him. I always and thought he was so you just, cool you just sort of watch. Him. Yeah. You just sort of watch and you yeah. just observe people's reactions to each other, mm-hmm. how the kids are with coaches. I can sit back at a meet and watch that and go, Ooh, um, yeah. she's scared to death. Uh, you know, that you can just tell the, the look on their face. So I would notice that about Igor where the kids were not afraid of him. They didn't look like they were afraid of him. And he was, he was, could produce some, some good stuff, you know? So when he came to the gym, I knew when he came into the gym, I thought, all right, this, this is good. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this hire because we had just lost Terry. So you did know. I, I mean, I because I had been sort of in the realm of coaching and seeing his interactions with but kids. You, right. you also... Made it my choice as well. Not, yes. Well, w- we talked about it. I mean, yeah. it was because because I considered going to Woga at one point. Well, we did. <laughs> we did talk, but that was early on before. That was that was when I had just met Igor. You were lovely, and you were like, you know, before we, yes, before we really start with him, is this what you want to do? Is this who you would right want? But then to- we needed to work with him because at first right. you didn't like him. It's like, yeah. So let's just see how this plays out. Just and if it's this isn't a good fit, we'll look elsewhere. Right. And it's not like I didn't. I just I was very intimidated by him. It's not that I didn't like. Well, anybody that like has to him. follow Terry has a difficult job. Yeah, but seriously, but, but yeah, really, he was really one of the him, one people yeah. in North Dallas. Yep. That could come in after Terry and not, not have too many. You know, that's true. People. 
That's true. And I, I mean, don't, I don't think he's I definitely like, not. I feel like I almost like didn't want to like him because I liked Terry so much. Right? I felt yeah, like she's like, like you're cheating yeah. on. Yeah. A lot exactly. of people. A lot of people have <laughs> cheating on like your coach. There were yeah. girls that followed Terry from New Zealand. Really? After he left New Zealand, yeah. they followed him to Virginia. Dang! Wow. Three thousand miles. Could you imagine? Well, that's I mean, a commute. I, but I can understand. I can understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was. Uh, I get it because, you know, it was. Yeah, I mean, he was. He was important to her. He was important to me. He was. I thought, oh my gosh, we're never going to find anybody that I was can floored. do the same. I was floored when that happened, by yeah. the way. But yeah, well, I was too. But yeah. then you know, Igor came along and yeah. did amazing things with her. I mean, he's he's done amazing things with her. And and then I knew at that time after she got to know him, and then it was because I think I'd asked you, all right, we're we're what are we doing here? Are we yeah. going to stick in? And yeah, and it was. We're not changing coaches again. Like we're not doing right. this because wherever you go is, is it's got to be. You're behind. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to get to know the the coach, yeah. and you have to get to know their their personalities. Yeah. And does your personality mesh? And, and and are you willing to get to know my daughter and understand her? Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, and all that takes time too. It does. Eighteen I mean, months so. statistically. Yeah. Yep. Studies have showed eighteen months to three years before the true yep. influence. Of a new coach takes over. That's yeah. why it's so silly when always, teams so, get rid of a coach after two years because they're not getting results. It's like, yeah, especially in college mm-hmm. at football, for example, they're like, oh, well, you had two years. You couldn't do anything. Get out of here. And then the next coach comes in. What happens? They're all of a sudden the whole team is really awesome. It's not that coach. Yeah. It's the coach that you just kicked out yeah. mm-hmm. and all that all the things he fixed. You know, it's kind of like a presidency, not now, but it's kind of like a presidency when they come in, they're like, oh, that's a whole other subject. Yeah. yeah. It was the last per. It, a lot of times it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the influence you you have, it take, it's a lot easier. It, now, unless you're a bad coach, then you come in, you can destroy that right away. Well, right. But if you're a good coach, right. you're, you're, you're using what they already gave you and then moving on. Mm-hmm. So, or getting, getting them even better. And, and there's nobody, I don't, I don't care what the argument is because there's nobody that can revamp and organize a program like Terry did. When he came in as head coach, I was just like, and he showed me how to do it. And it so much so that it became my niche where I would go to terrible programs. Like when I, when I left when I left the gym I was at two gyms before, when I left there, my wife and I sat down. It was a hard decision. I was there for 10 years. And so it was a hard decision. And I'm like, but I've never gone to a program where they're already good. Like I wanted to see how I was at that level where, oh, they're already good. You're coming in, you're fine-tuning, you're doing these things. And I went there yeah. and I failed miserably. No, I didn't. But... <laughs> It wasn't the right fit for me because obviously I wasn't in my niche. And then I went to this other gym that's out in Rockwall <laughs> that Denise the happens to ever. <laughs> that Denise happens to own. Uh, yeah. And I, I was instantly comfortable, and that's what I needed right. at that point because I was so uncomfortable at the gym I was at before that. But while I was there, what did I learn? I learned that I'm a much better coach than I thought I was because here I am with girls that were already good. And I was like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Because at first, it that environment, the environment that they built, you were almost intimidated to make a correction. It was kind of like when I first started coaching, where you're like, oh, what if they did? At, at, 
all the time I was looking over my shoulder like, are they, is today the day they're going to fire me? Like, is today the And that's a, that's my issue, not the gym's issue. But but it also taught me, hey, I'm better than I thought I was because I made girls that were already pretty good even better. And I didn't even get that much time with them because it was a totally different kind of system. But my niche was going to these terrible programs and and make them better or they're terrible on my events. Because the gym I was at before that wasn't terrible on two events, but the, <laughs> <laughs> but my two events they were, and I revamped it, and I and but I learned that from Terry. Right. I learned he's like this is how it is, this is how it breaks it down. A very good example of how Terry is is one year his first year at U of G, we went up, we went to a meet, and Kurt Thomas was there. They beat us by fifteen points in the team awards, fifteen points, and I'm like, we're driving home, and Ouch. Terry and I, yeah. <laughs> Terry and I live together and we're driving home and I'm distraught. I'm like, you can't make up 15 points in a year or in a season when we're already in season. And Terry's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're topped out. They're topped out. They're topped out. They're already as good as they're going to get. He goes, we're building the way we've put this program together. We're building towards state. We, we can do easily. And he gets out a pen and paper and he starts he, start, he writes each kid down individually. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. And he maps it all out for me. By the time we get home, it's all mapped out. We're within one point. And he's like, do you think it's possible now? I'm like, well, when you put it like that, but that's on paper, you know, blah, blah. He goes, we'll find out. And so we went to the Monday and he said, keep doing what you're doing. Don't change a thing. This is, you know, just I, I have confidence in you. And there we went. And we got to state and we went up at state and we were within about a point and a half. We still lost. But we were right there, right? Because Losers. he he built yeah <laughs> he built he built this system where you get better as the season went on yeah. And so now that's how I I coach like yeah. everything I do is built towards that. So when I have a parent say that was a terrible that was a terrible first meet I'm like no okay. it wasn't nope. they did everything exactly yeah. how I told them to do it yeah. yeah we're fine we're exactly where we need to be we do not need to peak at yeah. meet number one right because you got nowhere you else to go but down and so, how many do you see that happen to right a lot of the big gyms they're already because they put in so many numbers before that and I'm like I don't touch compulsory routines until August I'm not I'm not running through compulsory routines in in May. I always remember you were uh, with vault and stuff. Like all, I remember thinking and watching him. He's an incredible vault coach. I'm yeah. telling you, like he can produce some vault champions. Um, he would do drills, drills, drills you know, week up to a meet. Yeah. And then she hadn't touched a vault. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this going to work? <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know, that's where I just, I trust him. I mean, yeah. I trust what you're doing. You obviously can produce. And I learned that from Igor. Yeah. When yeah. I went when I went to Eagle, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right. When yeah. I went to Eagle, I, I learned to vault. I learned to coach vault from Terry, Igor, and David Harris, who oh, owned yeah. Hugs. Yep, yep. That's who I learned to vault from. Yep. I went to clinics with David Harris, and then I worked under Igor and I worked under Terry. And when I first went to Eagle, the parents were flipping out. They wanted me, they wanted me gone because they're like. She's we're the we're two months out of a season and they haven't gone over a table in three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, chill. Your yeah. chancos. I've told you yeah. when I'm coaching your chancos. I'm like, number one mistake of your chancos is you go over the vault too soon. You're going over the vault too soon. Everything you need to fix is between that hurdle and that round off. That's where it is. This doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. 
This doesn't matter. How many drills, Kinsey, would you say you did? Oh, my gosh. I mean, before oh. you ever touched a piece of anything. Uh, I mean, we would spend the whole summer and then more. Like, I, yeah. I, that's all I ever did. And that wasn't just on ball. That was on floor. That Everything. was on. Like, I, yeah. I swear I conditioned and did more air awareness slash drills yep. than I ever did my skills. <laughs> like, right. Ever. But then when you did your skills, when it was time it was to so put it together. Easy. Yeah. So easy. And there, guess what there wasn't any of? Fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. <laughs> because you drilled it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you drilled it for so long when it was that you by the time Igor let you loose and you threw the bit and you got to go you were probably like would you let me do it already yeah i was excited yeah I was, and what I was happened ready. <laughs> it's your idea yeah mm-hmm. he made it igor made it your idea to go mm-hmm. yep. i learned that from igor too make it their idea because if it's their idea they won't there's no it. fear right yeah I, I i say it all the time to the girls when I'm telling them, I'm like, listen, if you want to do something, you're going to do it to your best. If you yeah. want to do what I'm telling you to do and you don't agree with me, you're not going to go, ah. Right. So I always, everything that I do is always seeing what they want to do. I, I, I talk to them all the time and, and they feed back with me mm-hmm. with things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm a believer I, of making them want to do it. Yeah. If that's, if that's one thing and there's anything I can give coaches out there it, at any sport, at any level. I'm sure your husband is the same way. Drill, 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 drill. Mm-hmm. Drill, drill, drill. Right. Because you got to make it muscle, muscle memory. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't, and here's the thing, and we've talked about this. When you have a talented kid, it's so hard to hold the reins back and say, not yet, not mm-hmm. yet, not yet. Because I'm sure the first time they try the Tkachev, they can, might be able to catch that Tkachev. That doesn't make it time to do it. Mm-hmm. Just because they can. Right. I, I when I went to Minnesota, I had a girl on team that could do double fulls. Well, guess what? They were twelve inches above the floor. No oh, voila. And she had seven <laughs> back fractures. Yeah. Well, why? Because you're doing double. You were doing double fulls twelve inches above the floor. That's why. That's an injury waiting to happen. Yeah, you're yeah. doing a double whip. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it wasn't time. Right. And if there's that's one thing that they taught me, and it's probably the best part of my coaching is just because they're ready. Or just because they're able to doesn't mean they're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned that from him and Terry is right. that just chill. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Because it's money in the bank. I, I used those exact words this weekend with one of, the, one of the gymnasts who was upset on Saturday about bars. I said, sweetie, what you did today is inconsequential. It's, it's still an investment. It's still money in the bank. Don't get up. Don't ruin your whole week of good work. Right. With one Saturday where you weren't hitting. Yeah. Just yeah. relax. Yeah, because it's it's a you know it's a one bad shot days, deal. Bad <laughs> days count towards your good days too. When you have a bad day, it still makes you a better athlete. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're making corrections and having a bad day. Because yeah. if you're making the proper corrections, you yeah. know. Yep. How different was uh, the total total switch here? <laughs> Turn the plane all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going down the how different was college from club? Let oh, the girls man. out there know. <laughs> I know you didn't. You didn't like Haley loved college. That's a loaded question. Yeah, right there. Haley loved college, so it was different for her. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll I'll start with um, the coaches that recruited me were fired the year I was coming okay. in, except for Chuck. Didn't wasn't it's Chuck in that? Yeah, Chuck's, Chuck's awesome. I love Chuck. Chuck's awesome. Um, so I was walking into a whole new coaching staff. Yeah, that's hard. Now, one of them I already knew was a female coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, 
But I, I just didn't have a very... Stacey Mallory. No, I'm just kidding. It's not her name. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Um, I, I didn't really have a very good experience. I mean, yeah. I, I was definitely their most consistent athlete. Um, but, man, the bad thing about me is I just... Which it's going to sound crazy. I don't like being told what to do. Like, oh, she's in the wrong sport. I was so disciplined as a gymnast and everything. But, man, like, when it came to the school aspect, it's like they expected me to have all A's. Now, I was never an all A student. Yeah. Like, I, I struggled with school. And then that's when they diagnosed me with the ADHD. Um, How's that? I would never know what that's like. <laughs> As you can tell by this whole podcast. Yeah, like, oh. shotgun blast against the wall. Boom. Here's 85 subjects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I, I definitely struggled. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. Che- I, I think I would have had a completely different swear. experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have had a better experience if I would have stuck with the coaches that originally recruited That recruited you. Yeah. yeah. That, I felt that's like, hard. And that's they, hard. They washed me since I was, what, like 12 years old? They came in looking at a different girl and noticed yeah. me, and then they kept in touch. And Every they kept year, coming back. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I verbally committed when I was 14 years old. Well, in college is a different beast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. how I interviewed. I was in the last five people. To uh, to get a head coaching job at a college, I came this close. I was they flew me out for the last interview, and it turned out that the old coach actually resigned. Hmm. And they were like, "You were in our top. You were you were gonna." I'm like, I don't know how I would have done in college. I really don't. I would. I I just wanted it because of the salary. The salary was, and then I ended up getting a job that paid the same. And I only worked like 20 hours a week. It was great. Yeah. Well, the whole thing with college is like, you know, you work so hard and you do all these big skills your whole life. And then, you know, college is supposed to be like your easy time. Yeah. You know, it's it's supposed to be something that you just have fun doing and you perform and you get team scores and you yeah. get to kind of reap the benefits. Like you're you're basically a celebrity, really. Yeah. When you yeah. go to college. Well, you do. You sign autographs. You get to oh, do yeah. You get to you sit at Kids, the table like, afterwards. Freak yeah. Out. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Haley loved it. Haley, because yeah. I talked to Haley about it and she's like, it rejuvenated her career. Oh yeah, and I've heard girls say that before. But again, it it's, it has to be the right coaching staff. Well, it has to be. Do you feel like you stuck in for so long because that part you enjoyed, or no? I don't know. I'm just curious. You know, the meets versus everything else. The thing I I liked competing, but I didn't like the training. <laughs> I mean, uh, no. Every you know what? Every champion says that. Yeah. I just listened to the CrossFit four time world champion. Mm-hmm. She's like, I hate training. Yeah. She goes, I love competing. I love the result. Mm-hmm. But I hate training. Nobody in their right mind, except for maybe David, what's his name? David Goggins, who is the ultra marathoner who used to be 400 pounds. And then he was a Navy SEAL. And he's like, you, you have no excuses. Get off your butt and go. <laughs> like he's pushing people. He, he might like it. He runs like 100 miles a day. Maybe he's one of those rare, stupid individuals. I hate training. But I like how I look in the mirror when I train. Yeah. So I keep training. I hate yeah. getting up at 5 a.m. Well, I feel like, though, part of college, especially with these with females at yeah. that age, they're so beat up by oh, that yeah. time. Our if, yeah. if you hurt, have, man. If you are doing college gymnastics, then you were training your entire life to, to get 30 there. to 40 hours a week. Exactly. And your body is almost over it. And you're just like, yeah. just squeeze me out four years if I can. Right. Like, and what can I handle? Between and hopefully I don't get injured. Right. Yeah. yeah you don't. Yeah. You don't. And that's get a injured, lot of but, female. But athletes. they're training every day. You see them every day after mm-hmm. a meet. They are all wrapped in ice. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. all getting trained, you know, going to the trainer, 
before the, the competitions and after the competitions, and they're walking around like they're little mummies with their ice bags all right. wrapped all over them. Yeah. Shoulders, and then on elbows. top of training, you know, with our conditioning, but then we had weightlifting. Yeah. And we had to go do that. And it was just, it was exhausting. Well, and here's the thing. When you go to college, you, you go down to that 20 hours, which might have something to do with that because you don't get to train under a coach's supervision as long. But also, you're dropping into that. And then you add all these other parts of your life in there where you're, you have a social life now and people want to talk to you. They're, you're yeah. not like the weird girl in the back of class. Who, oh, she does the gymnastics every night. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now like, there's a little celebrities on right, campus. Now you're you know. a celebrity. So now you have a different mindset too. And by the time a female gymnast, and I'm just talking about gymnasts because it's a weird animal for mm-hmm. sports. Okay, so you're so to get a college scholarship. Mm-hmm. You have to be a really good specialist at nine or ten, or you have to be an elite to get a college scholarship. Pretty much, can yeah. we agree on that? Mm-hmm. So, yep. if you're training at level nine, a good level nine, I'm not talking about one routine out of six that you're hitting. I'm talking about a good level nine that can jump up and do a cold routine. Bam, you're a pro athlete. Really, if you look at the amount of hours they trained, yeah, compared to a pro athlete. From 14, 15 on, whenever you reach level nine, you're a pro athlete. From the numbers you're putting in Mm -hmm. compared to what a baseball player, even select baseball player. Yeah. You know, because Will is a heck of a baseball coach. He coached, he's coached at every level. Gator, same thing. Will came to one of my practices at U of G and he's like, I'm going to throw up just by watching. Like my players couldn't come close to this ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that are going to go on to AAA. A lot of them are going to skip college and go on to AAA and go on. To, and they couldn't handle Mm-mm. a gymnastics. And I'm not doing that to – I'm giving why – so those bodies are breaking down. Mm-hmm. Does the gymnastics system have to change where we're not – our expectations of a 14-year-old to do those kind of stuff? Do you think it has to be changed to stop the culture that's there? Or do you think it just we just have to be more – diligent on who we're letting coach our kids uh, that's think, a hard question i i think well that's that's kind I, of the reason we have podcasts so, I, yeah. I mean, my, my opinion on that is i don't think it necessarily has to change in that aspect i think us as coaches have to recognize where what we're doing and you know with our kids and stuff like that you know what i mean is this an excessive amount of number can i bring it down a couple you know, here and there. Well, and then, but then you bring into the question is, especially you, you're in you're in North Dallas, mm-hmm. right? If I bring it down numbers and she takes third instead of second, she is now a Woga gymnast or a Kurt Thomas gymnast. She's at a different gym where they're going to get that number one. That's the problem. Where do you, well, how do we say hey? Because I happen to know the gym I'm at right now. We're pretty darn competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I would not say we're excessive numbers and stuff I just, like that. If you know your gymnast and you know where, you, where where you can push the line because I mean, like especially at the uh, the gym that where I'm at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I've been around the the yelling and 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 stuff like that. You know, in the past and things like that. And I'm not like that at all. No, and my way beats it out right. the majority of the time. So you know what I mean, and and I've seen I've seen that way you know win too you know what I mean. But I think uh, you as a as a coach and stuff like that, you know how to readjust yourself. You know what I mean in this in this climate. And yeah, um, you you know how to readjust. Yeah. Well, yourself. Us, well, I'm I'm just saying all coaches <laughs> in this in this time frame. If we're not yeah. looking at what's going on right now, 
and you haven't sat back and going, I know I have to change in some manner, whether it doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. If you haven't thought that, well, I think like that's I where said, the well, problem is. But go at. back, go back to what you originally just said, the age of the kids with them being so young. What's the most competitive age group? Oh, the youngest. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Level, level eight. What is it? Level eight. You have to be eight years old to compete level yes. eight, right? Yes. Level, <laughs> the, at level eight, eight, nine year olds. Yep. Are killing the, everybody in North Texas. Yep, is the Olympics. That's right. I'm telling you. That's why I'm saying. It, that's what I. Yeah. The the older age groups, their scores are lower. Mm-hmm. The, but think about the little babies. I call them babies. Eight, nine, ten year olds yeah. that are that are doing some high level stuff. And we right. have yeah. we have a young girl in the gym who's doing some incredible things. We have two or three. Yeah, well, yeah. yes, but but the. That's where the competitiveness is with these oh, little ones. Yeah. It's not the older ones. Because yeah. you know as they get older, they're more hurt, whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a different dynamic. So I think everyone has kind of latched onto these little ones. Let's see what we can get out of them as young as they can right. be. Because mm. number one, the fear isn't strong. Nope. No. You know, the older they get, the more fearful they get. They realize, oh my gosh, I could die. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Never seen a gymnast die. Technically, <laughs> yeah. personally, never seen that. But um but I mean that. But that's that right. is the situation. The most competitive part is is uh, are the juniors. That's the problem. So like, they keep, I, they're going to push that. I had a decent level eight when I was at Eagle, and she scored a thirty eight. Thirty eight. You hungry? Yes. Uh, <laughs> scored a thirty eight. I'm like three five. Thirty eight three five, and she was the last qualifying kid in the eight and nine year olds at level eight. I know thirty eight. Now thirty eight three five. I remember when thirty sevens were. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh, thirty six was a big deal. Thirty six was. was a big yes, deal. Yes, yeah. but when then we were coaching together. Yes, and now thirty eights, and now we're okay. Now we're looking for thirty yep. nines. Oh yeah. Like, um. Oh, she goes to oh Stanford. Really nice kid. She went. She went to your gym. She was at Eagle, and then she went to your gym. She goes to Stanford now. Yeah. You, you know want me to say her name? Yeah. Why not, Chloe? Yeah, Chloe Widner went thirty nine one five at level ten uh, westerns. Was it westerns? <laughs> westerns or regionals? Level nine westerns. Oh no no level ten. I'm level sorry, 10 nationals. nationals. Was yeah. it it was nationals or it was regionals? One or the other. But um, thirty nine one five. She won. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's, that's she's just crazy. A, numbers. She's a spectacular yeah. gymnast. But that's the thing. Do you change the age limit? Because if you do, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have eight year olds doing flick flick mm-hmm. on beam, even though they're level eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like why? Well, flick leg. But that you have to now. They have changed what, the rules to where level I don't eight is now like gym. nine. I don't want to say the gym, but every they had twelve kids that year. They won optional program of the year. Um, one optional program of the year. All their level eights were hope qualifying kids. Yeah, we're hopes. We're elite athletes but competing they, level eight at nine that. years old. But they do that. That's that's I, the problem, though. What do you do with your average those athletes? Are, those are two, but those are two parallel programs, right? And we've had kids do that too. So we've got kids who are in the Hopes program. They start yeah. the tops, go to Hopes. It's the it's the same quote level, yeah, mm, kind of. But they're they're training those skills. But we we've done that. We've had kids that yeah. are that are parallel tracks and right. they're jumping from okay, we're going to try Hopes meet. All right, we're competing level seven. Right, Hopes meet. We're going to do level eight. Hopes meet. We're going to do level nine. And then, and then it starts to change where then you get into, and I don't know if it's now with her and that was years ago. It used to be that once you started, you know, once you qualify elite, whatever, you can't jump over to JO right till that yeah. next, the next year. Yeah. So you can't, mm-hmm. I, I guess not called JO anymore, but yeah. you right. can't go back to level 10. You have to complete the season and you can't, mm-hmm. you can't cross 
Well, yeah. Chloe was an elite, and then she went back to level right. ten, which you can, right? Yeah, but not in the middle of it. Well, I think yeah. they all almost y'all considered doing that for me, and then we just never. I well, just stayed elite. <laughs> Chloe yeah. will have and some here's, good yeah. stories about me too. <laughs> Chloe and I. Chloe. Chloe's. A, she's a nice kid, and she. You know, it's it's funny because. You know, she came over to Eagle and she was coaching some pre-teams for us. Her and Casty McAlpine, who was also level 10, level elite level and spectacular gymnast. And those kids just look up to them so much. They're such rock stars in the gym mm-hmm. and everything else. Right. And they're they're just good kids. Right. And most, most, I've met two elite gymnasts where I'm like, Ugh. like I didn't, they were just not nice people. Two out of all the hundreds that I've met. That's I've surprising. Because most gymnasts are the most compliant, sweet. Yeah, I met two that uh, I was like, yeah. do whatever, you know. Yeah. Really. They're yeah. so. They're type the A. Word? They're yeah. type A, but they're nice people. Well, they are because they just want to please. They're pleasers. <laughs> right. You yeah. have, they're pleasers. You can't be a sure. gymnast and not be a pleaser. Right. Yeah. At right. all, ever. Yeah. That's why if you're not a pleaser, you're probably not going to make it as a gymnast. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're just yeah. not. Well, and that's, I, I, that's why I coach females it's because it's easier like people are always like why don't you jump over to you know if you come over to boys coaching i can pay mm. you this much and you can and i'm like mm. no <laughs> no way because no, they're just like could not hey can we it. flip now hey hey yeah. watch this i'm gonna fart hey hey watch uh, this yeah, it's no, like no. no like i don't know how chris does it i'm like dude I know. I know and he's he's got the perfect blend of discipline and mm-hmm. and he's yeah. a good he was yeah. built for i just can't do it i no, can't absolutely not. do yeah. it i laughed because the other day um the, I don't know, I guess I'll call it rec director. She asked me, she goes, hey, so I'm going to take you off this assisting and put you on this rec class. Is that okay with you? And I was like, yeah. She goes, okay, well, well, l- listen, it's only like only about five kids. And I'm like, stop. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. I love rec anyway. It does not matter. I said, now, however, <laughs> I'm if you were to tell me, hey, I'm gonna put you on this, boys. I would have been like, nope, not no, doing you're it. not doing it. No, nope. you want you want to know what a good employee a I am? Class, I'm down. I'm doing it. But <laughs> you want to know what you a say good boys? employee? No, no. You want to know what a good employee I am? What? Mm-hmm. Guess what I taught this week? What? Cheer tumble <laughs> and jumps. It was cheer tumble and jumps. Was, okay, it was a standing tumbling and cheer jump. Now we had a very last minute. Uh, got stuck. One of our coaches was stuck somewhere. She's also a judge. Yeah, in the she's world, judging. And she was stuck where she was and had a class and whatever. And um, <laughs> we were trying to find somebody. And so I guess Debbie. De- yeah, your up, sister. Goes, yeah, my if it sister. Was anybody else? I pro- well, and I did say no at first. But yeah. I was like, I can't do that to Debbie. Yeah, he came out. He's so, like, oh, I, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I was like, and I was so with, what a good employee. I, I was like, I was with other, like three other coaches. And all of them were like, nope, nope, nope. And I'm like, oh. I can't just leave them hanging. Thank you. Thank and you so, for caring. You know what? You know what, though? Also, they were sweet kids. Yeah. They were just nice kids. Like, yeah. I've had a lot of bad experiences in cheer programs. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can, I've had, I mean, I taught at a very high level. Cheer tumble and everything. By the way. Anybody listening to the program, and if this makes you mad, good. If one more person tells me, oh, you coach gymnastics, my daughter's in cheerleading. They're not the same thing. <laughs> That's like saying, A lot of people oh, think oh you play are. guitar? Oh, my kid's in marching band. What? I'm in a band. I'm in ACDC, and you're over here <laughs> comparing me to marching band? Like, 
It's. I'm hey, not nothing saying wrong with she, cheer. There's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with cheer. With cheer. My I, daughter's no. going to be a cheerleader. I can't stop her. Yeah. I can't. I and there are especially at your gym, great cheer coaches. Yeah. They're I'm really like, good yes, cheer coaches. I'm very proud of them. They're and doing they should be really well. They're really good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with cheer. I also have a respect for soccer, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to teach it, and I definitely, you're yeah. not going to tell me that soccer is the same as football. I right. mean, unless you're in Europe. Our European, well, our yeah. three European listeners just left. Yep. yep. But, you know, it's, <laughs> Thanks, it's not the same thing. No. No, it's it like, isn't. It isn't. Oh, you do carpentry? Oh, I, I make little shapes with scissors and paper. It's it, what? <laughs> yeah, but but a lot of parents they don't realize there's a difference. I know. I get no. that call all the time. Yeah. I answer the front, you know, oh my daughter wants to do gymnastics, she wants to learn how to tumble for cheer. Well, we have tumbling classes that are yeah. so I have to always go in to explain what gymnastics is. Right. The events and you know, so I, I always have to go, okay, does your daughter want to do vault bars beam floor? Right. You know, or they just want to learn how to tumble. Are they doing this yeah. just for cheer? Or yeah. Are they doing this because they want to you know, do more in gymnastics? And they go, Oh, there's a difference? Yes, there is a difference. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and people don't realize that yeah, because it's they see gymnasts and all they do is flip around it's and tumble. So peeve. that's Jason just had to get that off his chest and get it yeah. right before we cut yeah. it off. It's just my mm-hmm. pet peeve. Look, that's Anthony telling me we've gone way over time. That's his nice way of mm. doing it because we're at like an hour 16. Oh, my. We're supposed to do 45 minutes. Oh, whoops. Well, we might, as well, go, we might as well go to an hour 30 now and do two and make it two shows. <laughs> this is what he always does. Oh, we're over anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, whatever. All right. Part one and part two. Told, hey, when I it goes just, on too long, people tend to but, you know, I mean, yeah. cut out of the thing. But, but our last two shows are over 45 minutes, and they both have done really, really well. So, yeah. so what do you think uh, that, I mean... I don't know what they would people would want to know about with your I know. experience. What, what do you think? What if you could go back? This is why I'm such a good podcast host because I ask <laughs> questions every 35 minutes. <laughs> if you could go back and tell 10 year old Kinsey something, what would you tell 10 year old Kinsey? Oh boy! So here's this kid, this little ginger kid with all this talent. <laughs> she was blonde. Oh yeah, I she remember. Yeah. Blonde. Oh yeah, she was very yeah, yeah, blonde. This, this came about when I was pregnant with my. Yeah, that's so weird. Yep. Yeah, she's that, now a redhead. Really I know you turned into Tori. Yeah, she did. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, um, unless unless that's chocolate cherry, Claire on, like you went to the grocery store and bought that, and you're like, I want to be a redhead now. No, well, I know. <laughs> that's God given right there. Yeah, she was very <laughs> those blue eyes. Yeah. Yep, I remember. But if you if you could go back and tell blonde, <laughs> oh man, I don't even. Or better yet, what would you? What, if you could tell your athletes anything, now, now that you're a coach, and I, I, I can, and this is not just to compliment you, because I, you know, I wouldn't ask him. There's plenty of people I don't compliment. <laughs> there's plenty of people when we're standing at a meet i'm like what the yeah. um i'm like i know a lot of those too. <laughs> you do too but and i already touched on it earlier about the empathy and and you're still ultra competitive mm-hmm. but you don't push that on your athletes in a way that is destructive because you can be ultra competitive and be destructive you see it every day you see it at every level of coaching at every sport you see it with your husband coaching soccer. Mm-hmm. You see it everywhere. Right. 
I see it with Finn. I've seen it at base under eight baseball games, and I've seen it at under eight basketball games. And I'm like, that guy's destroying future athletes by acting the way he's acting. And you don't do that, even though you're ultra competitive. I know you live and die with how your girls are doing. Right? So uh, I know how competitive you are. Mm-hmm. So first off, answer the question about the 10-year-old. And so, then say exactly what you'd want to, that you'd tell any athlete. Wait, which, in, which in question? What, do the first one. Do the first 10-year-old Kenzie first. In what situation? Yeah, like, you have as to. As an athlete. Yeah. As an athlete. Because, um, I mean, we're a coaching podcast. So as an athlete. So you're giving advice. Giving advice, give advice to 10-year-old Kenzie. 10-year-old Kenzie. You can now, tell her anything you, now, you want. What you know. What you know now. And what you've been through. Going, thinking back to when you were 10. What you were struggling with. What would you tell her? If anything. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself, I guess. That's exactly you know? what I was thinking. <laughs> I, but I don't know. That also came from a drive. Like I just, I wanted to be the best. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really was probably a little bit more hard on myself than anybody, I'd say. Um, you know, you, my coach never had, Igor never needed to get on to me. My yeah. mom never needed to get on to me. Like, I, I was so hard on myself. And, I, you know, I just, there were multiple situations where I stayed in the gym. Because yeah. uh, I refused to leave until yeah. I did the skill. Oh, and I Igor, remember. And Igor, leave, Kenzie. You need to go yeah. home. Igor would yeah. call my mom and be like, get this girl out. And yeah. she's Done. like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And, no. and so it's completely reversed. Where... He's trying to let, not because he was kicking her out, but because it, it just wasn't being, too it, wasn't, much. it wasn't beneficial. It's yeah, like, hey, right. tomorrow's a new day. Don't there worry about it. Just go point. home. And Ken's like, no, I'm not leaving until I do it. No, it's just like, it's like even with weightlifters, there becomes a point where bodybuilders will lift and it'll become detrimental because now they're tearing the muscle too much and they're working too hard and they're working. In Ronnie Coleman is a prime example. He was a Mr. Olympia. He overdid it so much he can't even walk now. But even on those days, he lost muscle size and he lost muscle because he went past that point of return. Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen you do that. I I remember back when I coached with Igor for a little bit, you were doing your Chanko double pikes and you were landing them and you were still mad <laughs> because you were like this. It isn't like I want it to be like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not how I want it to be. I want it to be here. I didn't and it's stick not that here. one day. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I over rotated. Like yeah. it's, and you know, some kids are never going to have that. I don't. Mm-hmm. Can you say where she got that from? I mean, you you were kind of like that, weren't you? Uh, were you the, I mean, now she was a way better gymnast than I ever was. Right, but, but I mean, in life, because you were like that today. Yeah. So let's I mean, not. It's, <laughs> Yeah. When we were taking pictures, you were like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Not till I get it right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid doing gymnastics where I would get frustrated. I remember many times on beam, beam specifically. I don't know why that comes to mind, but yeah. um, just, I know I can do this. Dang it. I know I can do this. And then I might be afraid. I'm like, I'm not leaving until I do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And so maybe, but I think that's just something where it's ingrained in you. You know, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. I think that's an attribute that elites have that you can't really give them. Well, you've seen yes. plenty of kids that are the exact opposite. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. teach that. No, you can't yeah. teach They're that. Born that with it. You're, yeah. I mean, I think you can become yeah. more disciplined 
Because discipline is yeah. more important than motivation. Right. Because mm-hmm. motivation doesn't last. Yeah. For you, it lasted. Every day you told yourself, I got to be better. I got to be better. I got to be better. I got to be better than I was yesterday. I got to be better than I was at this last meet. 90% of the people in the world don't have that. But what they can have that they can learn is discipline. If I go through these steps, this happens, and you can stay disciplined even though you're not motivated. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. And that's what I try to give my athletes that aren't going to be like, I mean, there's athletes, you and I both know, Yep. That they're like, oops, seven o'clock, bye. Yep, and ahead. they're gone before I can even clap <laughs> can them out. Am I done? Like, yeah. Can I be done? Yeah. Right. Okay, and what's my lie. answer? My answer is always like, yeah, bye. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I laughed See the ya. other day. I mean, I can't force you to do gymnastics. So. Yeah. Right. I laughed well, then, the other day. I was coming off the spotting block of the pit. And I turn around. All right, girls, you guys can. And they're all. And they're like, with their bags. I'm like. <laughs> I'm out. What? And they're like. We're, we knew you were about to say, we know when you're going to say, yeah. we're done. We know. So they were like, we're already ready. And I was like, oh, you jerks. <laughs> yeah, you never hear kids are lined up. You go, okay, it's time to go. Or they go, oh, do we have to leave? No, yeah. they're ready Sometimes to get out the door. Do. And they usually become yeah. elites. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> or they usually become very good well, and athletes. That, and that's the thing. I think what a lot of coaches and parents need to realize, if your child, they can't, they can't get that from anybody else, no matter how no. much you will it or want it on them. No matter how talented your kid is, no matter how talented the kid you're coaching is, if they don't want it and they don't have the same attitude, mm-hmm. then it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a struggle every day. And you wonder why your child's crying coming to the gym mm-hmm. or why they get frustrated. It's because you need to kind of take a step back and think, Yes. hey, <clears throat> is this something you really want to do? Is yeah. it me? You know, and, and, yeah. but, but I also understand as a parent. That you have to look at your child and go, okay, I notice, depending on their age, I see a propensity for this sport. Like, you're good at this. Yeah. So it's hard as a parent to know where that line is to say, do I keep pushing, keep trying? Or then you have to recognize at what point is it what I want, not what she wants anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and coaches too. I've, I've had so many conversations with coaches that get frustrated with some of the kids Mm -hmm. and it's like. But you're wanting it more than they do. Yeah. Right. That you're you're never gonna get the result you want. Yep. It can't be more than what they want ever. Yep. You can coach them in, you can try to um, educate them on that, but it will never change. So you have to really work within what the kid wants to do, what they're willing yeah. to do, what mm-hmm. they're you know, you, you just you give a little, you try to mm-hmm. push them a little bit more, but if they're not gonna take it, they're not gonna take it. Yeah, well, and push I feel too that's how I dictate my coaching style. Because yeah. I've been the gymnast, now I'm the coach. I'm always thinking, you know, how did I feel when I was in right. this situation? You know, I how did I react when a coach yelled at me? How, you know, mm-hmm. it, I always I always consider how I wanted and liked to be coached. Right. Just depending on the kid, really, too. Well, you know, yeah, so. you gotta you gotta treat everybody differently under the same set of rules. Right. That's and that's what I try to do every day. Is is okay, I'm going to talk to this kid different than I'm going to talk to this kid because this kid likes when I get in their face. Mm -hmm. We had this conversation the other day where you were like, so-and-so likes when you coach bars because you make Mm -hmm. her and you give her a specific amount. I hold her accountable and I make, and she likes that. There's other kids in that exact same group that if I did that with, we'd be done for the day. Right. This is how how I answer the question with the, you know, how hard do you push them to do that stuff? Because Finn, for right now, doesn't want to go to baseball practice. But I know he doesn't want to go to baseball practice because he doesn't want to get hit by a pitch. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's always fear. That's why. It's always. That's why. I say always. 
Yeah. Majority. 80% of the time. This is how I look at it's it. It's based on fear. Yeah. I look at how I look at working out. I don't always want to go to the gym. But the one, if there's ever a day where I leave the gym and say, I wish I didn't go, then I'm done. I'll stop lifting weights. I'll stop working out. If there's a day where, there's plenty of days where it's hard for when that alarm goes off, I'm like, oh, crap. And then I force myself to go to the gym. But every time I leave the gym, I'm like, man, I'm really glad I went. That's how I look at it. Yeah. How's your kid after? After There's going to be bad days. Mm-hmm. There is with every athlete. And you never let them quit on a bad day. Never let them quit on a bad day. You can quit on a good day. Yep. If mm-hmm. they come out to the car and they're like, man, that was so much. We did this, this, and this, but I just don't want to go anymore. Okay. That's probably a good yeah. idea that you're done. Yeah. You yeah. can quit now. No, I don't want to quit. She, yeah. she went through that. Yeah. You know, or it was even at one time when she was younger, you know, I, I want to quit. Okay. Well, that's fine. You have to go tell your coaches you want to quit. No. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, well, I want you to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I mean, yeah. it's just your sport, your thing. If you don't want to do this, then you let them know you don't want to do it, and right. then we'll be done. You know, well, and well, if I you don't... didn't, if you didn't give me that, like, if you didn't make me do that, I there's no telling what I would have done. I don't think I don't know if I would have gone back to gymnastics. To be honest, like right. I, you know, well, that's a prime example of ownership, mm-hmm. which. Nobody well, so we, does. That's what we got to teach our kids. Days. They have you to gotta learn. You got to teach them ownership. They have to learn. And yeah. I had I've had a few gymnasts that have been in my group that their mom contacts me. Oh, she she quit. I'm like, why can't your kid tell me that? Yeah. Like, what? I'm I'm never been a mean coach. You know, quote unquote mean coach. Like, why can't? Why doesn't she feel comfortable enough to come tell me why she wants to quit? Disappointment. They don't want to disappoint right. you. Yep. That's that's, true. that's the bottom line is they, they think well, you're going to look at them differently, yes, which isn't then true. They yeah. want to get out of the hard stuff. Yeah. That's hard. It's uncomfortable. So I don't want to have to deal with that. So a lot of parents don't like seeing their kids uncomfortable and not deal with uncomfortable situations. So they take care of it for them. Yeah. yeah. That is a hard thing as a parent to pull away from. You got to let them hard. be uncomfortable. You got to let them be uncomfortable because that's how they're going to learn. Well, you it's know, the only way to succeed. Yeah. And right. you, and you were ha- coached by Terry, so you know this saying that you have to be outside your comfort zone until it's comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to. And yeah. that's how your comfort zone gets wider. Yeah. And if you don't do that, a prime example is uh, there's a war. It's not a workout program. It's a discipline program. It's called 75 Hard. It's by Andy Frisella. And in one phase, one of the parts of the phase is that you have to walk up and talk to a stranger every day. Every day. So if you're in the gas station and there's someone standing at the drink fountain, you have to walk over and talk to them or you have to go, you have every day. And why is that? Why is it? So you make more friends? No, absolutely not. It's because it's one of the number one things people are scared of. Mm -hmm. And what's the biggest problem in society right now? Nobody wants to talk. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk to each other. Talk to each other. If I get one more text (laughs) with bad news, I'm going to be like, my head's going to explode. Like call me. Mm Mm-hmm. Call me. And you know from mm-hmm. a fact, Let's you talk. know I don't do I don't do it unless it's face to face. Right. Right. You want to text me something? No. It's gotta be face to face. Because I can need to be able to read body language. I need to hear inflection in mm-hmm. your voice. I need Tone. it's very important. Right. Yeah. And that's how things get misconstrued yep. is when they're through text. You can't read you read an email, you don't know text. You don't know what kind of mood they're right. in. You don't know. You gotta know those things. But you're also gonna read it. 
in what's going on in your head and put it in your own put it in your right. own context what, how you're feeling at that moment you're going to put it in your own context right. and what you're feeling and then you're going to then project onto that person what you think yeah why is this person why yelling at me? at me and I, yeah. why, why right. am I mad? that's why i <laughs> yeah. hate i hate that so yeah. yeah texting's fine for simple stuff but when you're having to deal with a situation mm-hmm. or having to have a conversation do it in person do yeah. it in yeah. person i i, I don't know that, there was something the other day. You texted me something about one of the groups, and I called you like instantly because I'm like, I don't want to talk about this over <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Like, what what's going on? Yeah. Um, and you got to do that. I think you you have to, mm-hmm. you know. And in people won't do it anymore. But that's a prime example of why sports are so important. Right. Well, that's why I think with gymnastics, you're on you're on the backside now. You're married, two kids. You're a coach. You've been through it as a child. You know, whatever. So now you can look back on your life and all your experiences through this sport and through the people that you have dealt with this whole time from random coaches to and and now being someone coaching with a coach that you knew was a coach in the gym. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Been everywhere. Full circle. So what have you learned? What if as you look back, is it something that was gymnastics a benefit to you? What did you learn from it? Did it help you in in life? In general, in learning how to be an adult, how to function as an adult, you know I say I mean? to a certain point, um, you know. But I, I do, I do recognize that, like, say, say if I wanted to go work out, you know, I've always been told what to do. I don't. Yeah. I. It's hard for me to make a decision for myself because I've just always been told what I need to do. So that that's that kind of is. That's kind of a bad part of gymnastics, you know, or or coaching is, you know. That's a good point. Frank Kugelak brought that up. Because they don't, they are, they're such little soldiers that all they do is what they're told. Right. And they don't learn to think for themselves and make decisions for their own gymnastics, if you think about it. Well, and I've run into that problem because I tend to be more of a, how do you feel? What do you think about it? And they sit there coach. and look at you during and the headlights. They, they have no idea what to say. Uh, I don't know. They have no idea because they've been told. Right. When I first took over, when I first started coaching Cassidy, she came from a very big program where she'd always been told. And I'm like, how does that, is, do you want to keep on the same track with that Ginger, or do you want to move on to something else? Or is there something else you think we should work on? She was, she's 14, mm-hmm. 15. It has, there has to be a point in coaching where it now becomes a partnership. Mm-hmm. And that I think yeah. that's what a lot of high level coaching programs are missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With especially with what we've heard going on and the coaches that have been suspended and right. or banned and all these things. Is they're so used to that dictatorship. There has to be a point. And Bella Caroli, believe it or not, is the one that I learned this from or said he told me this. He's like, when they're six and seven, it's playtime. When they're eight and nine, they have to start deciding. But when they're six and seven, it's a dictatorship, but you play. Then it becomes eight, nine, ten. It becomes more of a mentorship where, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how we do it. And then when they're at that elite level, it's a partnership. And they have to have input. And Frank Kugelak said it. He said, you're not preparing these girls for college. Mm-hmm. You're not prepared. You're preparing them to be elites. You're not preparing them to be college athletes. So when I get them in college, they have all this freedom and nobody telling them what to do. And he goes, they're making bad decisions. 
because yeah. no one's given them room to make decisions. Right. So if you don't, if you haven't practiced that, oh great, you can do a Hindorf and you can hit ten out of ten, but you can't decide who to hang out with, and what decisions to make or to drive the speed limit or to not drink or to not. And you're, you're, no one's taught you. As coaches, at what point you're like, well, that's a parent's job. Well, no, you're with. You have to remember, you're with these kids in a lot of programs. Igor, for example, is with those kids more than their parents because they go they go four hours in the morning, homeschool, and then they go home. They're exhausted. They got to finish homework or do whatever. They're exhausted. They eat dinner. They go to bed. They wake up the next day. They're there again. Six days a week. I had a gymnast that came six days a week. And I had a parent one time tell me, she goes, who my daughter hangs out with during practice is very important to me. And I picked you and Terry for a very specific reason because you're with them more than I am. Mm-hmm. And I knew she knew Terry's values and she knew my values. And she said, that's why I picked you. I didn't pick you because you're a good gymnastics coach. I picked you because you're good people. <laughs> and people forget that. Well, I think that's true. I think that gets lost. A lot of parents, the Especially good in this people sport. gets lost in We're a good coach. So much. Yeah. I know. We're with them so much. I mean, much. and it takes a village. And do you, who yeah. do you want in your village? I mean, right. really, you know, yeah. but... Uh, I, yeah, that's why it's so. That's why it was so important when Terry and I recruited Lisa. Mm-hmm. We took her out to lunch. We wined and dined her, and 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 convinced her to come to University of Gymnastics. Yeah, you know there was a very specific reason. You know, and a lot of that Terry was like, "I want her on beam and floor. This is who I want. Let's go get her." And that was very important to Terry, and Terry paid really good close attention to that. And I'm glad because it paid off with me too, I think. Yeah. It, you know, I'm with these girls. I teach them a sense of humor, first off. You know, we can't. We can't, <laughs> can't always be serious. We can't always be serious. You know, right. sometimes crashes are funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, are you okay? Yes, great. Now we can laugh about it because that was stupid. Like, yeah. they need to learn that, mm-hmm. that there, there's a sense of humor in there too. And we right. can't be so serious with ourselves. What would you tell an athlete if you could teach them anything? Would it be the same thing? Or would you teach them something different? Uh, I probably would stick with the same thing. Or would you tell them it's worth it? Well, that too. I mean, <laughs> it's worth it to an extent. You yeah. Know? It's not worth your happiness, but, you know, I, yeah. And that kind of goes down to, I, I feel like, the who wants it, the kid or the parent or the coach. Absolutely. So if mm-hmm. if they're not happy, it's because they don't want it. So it's not worth it. At that, then decide something else. And, you know, I do see that in some of the athletes that, you know, we have. It's mm-hmm. it's not their willingness to do it. It's, it's the parents that are just right. so involved. Well, we've had kids. Well, and I, and I think, too, though, a lot of parents, like I said before, you keep kids busy so they stay out of trouble. Absolutely. And I know that there are parents. I'm not I'm not saying who are on our team right now or I mean, the pet, whatever. Right. They exist where they're like, this is the safest thing for my child to be in even though it's rough you know like they they want their kid in the sport strictly so they won't have time to get in trouble mm. i had so a principal tell me in. that her daughter was on team yeah that i coached with terry <laughs> she was a principal and she's like in high level administration too i think she was she was pretty high up and she said i'm not putting my daughter in public school with 80 hours a week 
of doing nothing. Yeah. I'm not putting them in that situation. They have to stay busy. If she doesn't want to do gymnastics, fine. We're going to go do something else and it's going to be select and they're going to go every day and they're going to, yeah. because to keep her out of trouble. That's right. Well, right in now. gymnastics, though, is the one sport that takes the most amount of time. Yep. Yes. I mean, you're not doing a. Ice skating I, maybe is close. Well, yeah. Ice yes. skating. Something that is, yeah, tennis, that's very golf. similar to. Yeah. But I mean, but tennis, you can't, you're not going to, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know much about tennis. Do you yeah, get a ball for eight elite, hours a day? It's pretty elite level. I mean, my aunt was the uh, winningest coach at SIU, at SIU University or Southern Illinois University. And she was a pro level tennis player. And I know she worked. Played all the time. Yeah. All, all the time. time. Yeah. And well, I mean, I guess when a, you're a pro level, and one of the, that's your job. One well, of the top. The sport, it's one of the top. One of the yeah, top determine. private club programs in the country is in Plano for tennis. She nice. used to do all the recruiting from Plano. Nice. Um, but so it's a lot like that. Golf's yeah. a lot the same way. Like I know kids that were dropped off at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. and stayed till 5 o'clock when I worked at a golf course. Right. And that's all they did. They were range mm-hmm. rats. And then they would be, hey, can I get, is, is there anybody on the course right now? Can I go do a round? And they'd go around and then they'd play and then they'd hit balls for four hours. I mean, they were just, I was like, I just I don't know, and maybe I just feel like there's not a sport as physically taxing. No, it's the hardest sport in the world, and train eight hours of it, right, at a time or six hours or whatever. The only thing that comes close for in my personal history was wrestling and boxing. Yeah, boxing we would go four to six hours, and five days a week, four days a week. That's gotta be intense. It was well, and it's not like you're like you're not sparring the whole time. Yeah. You're hitting the heavy bag, you're jumping rope, and then you're taking a short break, and you're right. talking about technique and stuff like. And then you go back. And wrestling was the same way, but I did wrestling at club level and and freestyle and folk style. So I was in season all year too, mm-hmm. and so those were the only things that were close. But putting mental, yeah, and physical together, together right, is gymnastics. Nothing's right. worse than gymnastics. Right. Not worse. Worse is the wrong yeah. word. <laughs> Nothing as intense. Nothing as intense yes. as gymnastics. Yes. And the, what we overlook as coaches and owners and even ex-athletes, what we overlook is a level five gymnast is pretty much on their way to college level sports already. By the time they're a level five, level six, mm-hmm. they're already training more. Yeah. Than most colleges and even triple A b- baseball. Right. right. They're already training more. Mm-hmm. And then, and we're like, oh, well, they're only a five or six. Okay, they're unbelievable. How many people watch a gymnastics meet? Family members come to a gymnastics meet of one of our compulsories. And they're like, I can't believe she can do that. And you're like, do what? What are you talking about? We're doing basics. We're just, you should see what she does in the gym. Like, this is. We're compete. Yeah. We're only competing at seventy five percent of our potential right now, yeah. mm-hmm. because that's how you win. So we're <laughs> we're only competing at seventy five cent. You know, percent. She's probably going to be a level seven in two months. Like, and then they look at a level seven. They're like, oh my gosh, that's like Olympic level. Yeah. Like everybody else in the world is so impressed by this, and right. we see it every day. So right. we eh. we forget to be impressed by it. Right. That's true. But I mean, even between like when I owned Jets, we had AAU and we had USA. And it would be funny because my USA girls would be like, oh, it's too much. I don't, I'm like, perfect. We have a perfect program for you. Go to AAU. And they'd spend a month in AAU and they'd be back on USA because they're like, yeah. I can't, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. So question, Kenzie, mm-hmm. what advice would you have for parents with Ooh. athletes? Dude. Especially now that you're a parent, it's different, right. isn't it? Like the minute you give birth, 
yeah, everything changes. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Because um, I know as a coach, it changed for me. I would just say, like, dude, chill out. Just relax. You know, yeah. let let your kid do her thing or, or his thing, whatever. And just trust the people that are around your kids. Can you tell my wife that about Finn's <laughs> baseball? Because my wife played softball. Mm-hmm. I am not a baseball fan. I've never coached baseball. I don't want to be around baseball. I don't want to watch baseball. Like I was forced to watch it when I was a kid. When my great grandmother was a Cubs fan, I had to watch every afternoon game with her. And I knew it means I didn't get grilled cheese until the game was over. So <laughs> I don't like baseball. I like it now because I watch Finn. You okay there? <laughs> Anthony's drying his hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Some like blow dryer? What I don't know. That's what I thought. I hope that's his phone. Is there something in the background? Yeah. I'm looking. Everybody looks at me, and I'm like, but, oh gosh, it's yeah. me. <laughs> but it. Uh, but so I. I personally, I. I try to be the parent that I would love my kids, or that I would love my gymnast to have, which is, I. The only time I talk to his coach is to tell him how thankful I am. He's his coach. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. And if you're not, I'm not saying don't complain. If you see something, you right. think it should see change. Something, say something. Speak right. up and say something or go right. somewhere else. That's right. that's totally. Sometimes it's not the right. Well, and sometimes, you know, like when, you know, there were some girls that I did gymnastics with, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, their parents were a little crazy pants. And, you know, I just kind of look at them like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, thank God my mom's not like that or. You know, my mom would never isn't do it that. Funny, and... Isn't it funny that it's never the talented kids? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that weird? Oh. Well, isn't know, that bad I just said that? Did you hear Anthony groan? Because he, Anthony is the, if, in case you haven't noticed, Anthony is the <laughs> conscious of the, uh, the, yeah. the conscious of the show. So when I say stuff that I shouldn't say, like, oh. you, uh, <laughs> that's, an, that's how Anthony says, I'm sorry. You yeah. should have seen him during the transgender show. Oh boy. He was so uncomfortable. He's like. He's gone back and watched it. He's been like, oh, my God, because he never knows what I'm going to say next. But it's it, it, it does seem that way, though. Like, the parents that are really over the top, I'm like, you know, you don't even have a shot. At like, chill out. I'm not one to tell that because I've seen girls peak. I've seen girls. I had a girl that didn't start gymnastics till she was 11, and she became a great level nine. And I had to kick her out of the gym every week. Like, we had an extra workout day where they'd pay a, just a little bit extra and they could come that day. Yeah. She was the only one that never missed. And finally, I said, you can't come on Wednesday. And she, you would have thought I punched her in the face. <laughs> She's on the floor. I like it. Like, oh. like it's like, no, you don't love me. And it's like, I've just, one Wednesday. Can you take one Wednesday off? That's it. That's all I'm asking. Well, you know, one of our kiddos that's not, well, I don't want to say my um, but I trained her for yeah. a brief period. She only did gymnastics for only competed one season, and now she's already you know what level seven. Yeah, she's, she's a stud phenomenal. Too. I know exactly who you're talking. She's about. phenomenal, and I I remember her coming on my team. I'm like, what the heck are you doing with me? You know, like you're <laughs> so good. well. She's and right yeah. now she's thumping on all cylinders. Yeah. That girl is. is crushing she's a beast. it. And yeah. but you know it. Everything I ask that kid to do, she's just like okay, okay. Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. She's. Great. I have another. One. I there's coach. another one I'm coaching right now, and everything I say is yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir. This is, and I'm like, I love her too. That's parents. <laughs> yeah. it, That's it's parents. absolutely yeah. parents because That's when what I want to go. Gosh, you've done such a good job with your child. <laughs> I was in a. I was at Thank Olympic you. Warrior Gymnastics in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. After I interviewed for that college job, I interviewed for this job, and I got beat out for that job by the UCLA head coach, David something. Anyway, he left. Mm-hmm. So they called me because it was in the middle of season. 
he left right before the compulsory season. And so I go there. And they weren't very good. And but they had a huge amount of potential. But never in my life have I had a whole team of kids that everything was yes, sir, no, sir, right away, or nothing, and just did it. Like, before I could finish the statement, they're off doing it. We have one right now that's like that. Oh, yeah. And the, every yes, sir, no, sir. And one day we're doing map pushes. And I'm like, hey, her name was Reagan. Reagan, did you finish? She goes, Yeah. I hear this booming voice from upstairs in the observation area. Reagan, bathroom, now! (laughs) And she's like, she stands up from her mat and looks at me and she goes, I'll be right back, sir. And walks into the bathroom and comes out, full crocodile tears, comes out. And she's red from like her butt to her upper thigh or upper hamstring. Because he obviously whooped her. And she goes, Coach... Jason, sir, uh, I uh, I only did four map pushes, and I actually was supposed to do five, and I didn't mean yeah. I meant yes, sir. <laughs> Would it be okay for me to stay and finish my map pushes? <laughs> but that's 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 parenting, and a lot of parents would say, "Well, they were over the top," but. You know, it's his kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, you know, that's up to him. Yeah. And trust me, I got that daughter that asked. That wasn't a whooping situation. I don't agree with the whooping there. But my daughter, trust me, asked me for whoopings all the time by her <laughs> actions. Like, she's like, hey, could you please whoop me? Like, the other day, she said hi to Kinsey. Or she didn't <laughs> say hi. Kinsey comes in, had never met her. And she's in the she's in the kitchen area or the break room area, and she's watching her iPad. And Kinsey says hi to her. And did she look at you even? I think no, she we looked by, at you. We were by bars. Oh, okay. And he said, "Hey, this is Kinsey. You know, in case you want to know." I probably said Coach Kinsey. Yeah, but yeah. And uh, she looks at me, and then looks back at Jason. And was like, "And <laughs> like, <laughs> you know?" I was just like, "Oh," which is first off, silly. Because she's heard me talk about Kinsey all the time. But she's seven. But I told her, I said, if you don't turn to her right now and say, I don't remember what I said, just said said, hi. Yeah. Just say hi. I'm going to take him back and whoop you. She looks at Kinsey. She's like, hi. And then rolls her eyes. (laughs) Like she did the very little bit possible to not get whooped. Yeah. Like that's her. Finnegan would have been like, I am so sorry. Hi. Like Finn won't even look at you in your eyes. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. I know. And Finn, here's the funny thing. Finn's never been whooped. Ever. Tessa, it's pretty much her favorite pastime. Like, <laughs> hey, what can I do to get whooped? That was me as a kid. 100%. You said it. Today you said it. Because she jumped on Ronan, my dog. And she jumped on his back and was riding Ronan. And he's going, that is so me. Yeah. I'm like, you know how many times she's been told not to ride the dog? Like... <laughs> By the way, Ronan's like 120 pounds, and she's, I don't know. She's built like a fire hydrant, but she's like 50 well, pounds. I'll tell you this. If you go into my dad's garage, there's four paddles. And in the paddles, he would engrave our names. And what he would do is when you when you messed up, he would tell you to go get the um, the drill. Paddle. Huh. And then you drill a hole in oh, it, right? Uh-huh. So, of course, my, my two brothers, there's maybe, I don't know. Maybe close to 10. I doubt it. Maybe five, right? 
Well, I only have two brothers, and I told you there's four paddles. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other ones would have fallen apart. And my daughter, when she, um, she, she was talking to my dad one time, and he was talking about it. And she goes, you paddled your sons? And he's like, yeah, why? And she's like, no. She, wouldn't, she didn't believe it. So he goes, and he goes in the garage, and he brings them both out. And he's like, look, this is his. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Tessa like just she just which is funny because today she was showing off for you like she was playing with Ronan <laughs> yeah. and she's doing all it's so funny how she's so fickle like I told him he asked me to bring her someplace and I'm like no I can't do that to your daughter because she will be like at first she'll be exactly how she was with Kinsey where she's like mm-hmm, whatever you know mm-hmm. but then once she latches on you're never going to get her to stop. Like, she'd be like, hey, where are you going? You going to the bathroom? You going one or two? Can I come with you? It's okay. I don't mind. The smell won't bother me. Like, she's so... Like, you should see her with my sister. My sister's like 28 and a liberal, so I don't talk to her. But <laughs> but Tessa worships the ground she walks on, and she will. She follows her everywhere. When she's over at our house, the few times I let her in... <laughs> She follows her everywhere, and she's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, by the way, that's the exact opposite that your political beliefs are going to be. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> she's not liberal. She's uh, she's progressive. There's a difference. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> welcome to our new political podcast. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know. There goes Anthony. Did you hear him? Yeah. yeah there's, the, there's the consciousness of the show yeah, right there. Look at the time okay. now. See? I know. Yeah, we got to go anyway. Go. But is there anything else before you – I mean – because like I said, there are girls that listen to the like gymnasts that listen to this. Mm-hmm. So your number one advice was chill out. To the parents. What about yeah, the kids? to the parents. To the kids. I, I mean, As a kid. No, I mean, like, as a kid. If you were a kid and you wanted me to tell your, what advice would you have for your parent as a kid in the sport? What do you need? The, as a kid in the sport, what do you need from your parents? I just, to be I, successful. What do you give them? Yeah. I would just say, you know, if you have a parent that's, I I mean, I feel like I thrived because you were so supportive. You never stepped in. You never told me what to do. You never made me feel like I had to do things. It was just for myself. And so. um, Which is so hard as a parent. That mm -hmm. had to be hard for you. Was it hard? Um, When when times were close, where you thought she might, it might be too much. And you thought she might just, especially at an older age, like fourteen or thirteen. Yeah. 14. Well, now I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It got a little difficult junior senior year where she was wanting to just be done. We she already yeah. had her scholarship. It was like no. You, oh, that's uh, really hard. We can't. Yeah. Think about what you're doing here. Now I know at that time she probably does not what she wanted to hear. Well, and I also struggled with, um, you know, I, I hurt my shoulder. Yeah. You know, I, I was. I, I'm I'm a super humble person. I don't like talking about myself. I have a really hard time with that. Kinsey was the best vaulter in the world at one time. <laughs> she set the elite uh, compulsory record. By the way. Yeah, okay. on vault. She's she, uh, pretty darn she, good. Uh, people, so your chingo double fold over rotated it at a qualifier. Yeah, she's pretty That's darn why I didn't good. Qualify. She's pretty darn good. Yeah, like back a lot of it. As part, a, she was pretty darn anyway, good. People. Anyway, at one time, everybody, I think, everybody at that training center at that qualifier when she was young, everyone stopped to watch her vault. Yeah. Oh, Everybody. I, I, well, I told her. Watch my floor too. Yeah, I told her. Yeah. I've told her she was the best vaulter in the world at oh, one time. At one, yeah, I mean, you before. really were, and that's what it goes to show you: the best athletes aren't necessarily the ones you see. Yeah, yeah. The 
it there's so first off it's really political people yeah. don't uh, want to admit a it a thousand percent it's and when 10 I was, times worse than you think yeah. it is yeah. when i was doing gymnastics worse. i feel like i never got a fair shot because i was not the body Nastia type looking right. i was sean johnson looking and that just wasn't Mary Lou a Retton. thing there yeah Mary Lou Retton. but yeah. at the time that's where the tide had everybody had was shifted, going towards Nasia, was going yeah. through the the long flexible yeah you know she was the power well, and, and svetlana was mm-hmm. yep. kind of the pr- precursor yep. to Nastia. Yep. Yeah. And everybody thought, which I thought Svetlana's bars were terrible. I, you can say whatever you want about them. I didn't, I didn't think they were pretty. They looked, her release move, the Korkina looked like someone messed up at the Kachev. I like, it's j- exactly how I am with the cause vault, which all the male coaches just heads exploded. I think the cause is a terrible vault. It looks like a soup. That they messed up. I think it's a stupid <laughs> vault. Think whatever you want. Don't tell Chris that. Put it in the comments. Yeah. (laughs) Put it in the comments. We're more than happy. But you were the best vaulter at one time in the world. And that just goes to show that there is politics involved. There's stuff involved. And you never got the fair shake. And some of that could have to do with the fact that even though you had a spectacular coach, he's not one to play into those. Right. Those and there was definitely a click of coaches at that time. For sure. Most of which are no longer coaching. Exactly. For a very good reason that Terry was kind of, I, I don't want to say ostracized. That's too strong of a word. On the outskirts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Igor yep. was there. Terry was there. Yep. A lot of Texas coaches were there. Because a lot of Texas coaches kind of took Terry and Igor's line. There's one right now that doesn't. But they're a line that, and it's probably not who you think I'm talking about. But anyway, I don't want to become that controversial. Cause, mm-hmm. But there was a click there that if you were outside that, and you didn't go to that gym, you didn't get a fair shake. Yeah. And you would think it wouldn't be that way. That they, they, they want to put the best team possible on the floor. And I'm not just saying this is think. with you. Yeah. I, it's with a lot of athletes, right. especially during that time. And it could still be going on now. I'm so far out of that loop. Right. That well, I think a lot has changed. Yeah. A lot has yeah. changed. I think it had to. If right. we wanted to keep the sport yes. going. And it sucks yes. that what happened just happened again because I think we were on a swing mm-hmm. coming out of COVID and coming out of everything else where people were starting to heal. Mm-hmm. I think they still are, though. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think this is just like anything else. The, the justice system takes years to catch up yeah. to. Yeah. Everyone knows now this is kind of where, okay, everyone's just being – these things are starting to play out in terms of charges and sentences and things like that, right. which – that's normal. I mean, you know, and honestly, fast. I'm I am very thankful that I, I feel like kind of God played a huge part in my life because I feel like if I didn't get hurt, I would have probably been on the national team. I hopefully, I mean, my goal was to make it to the Olympics. I could tell you right point. now, if you were on the national team, and what happened to some of those other girls happened, yep. there never would have been a trial because Igor would have twisted his head off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, and see, that's that's the other thing too. Igor was so protective. Of her, he's such a good man. In that, there's no inappropriateness. He is Never. so far the other. Yes. It makes him. He's disgusted by that kind of thing. Like he right. was very yeah. protective as a dad. Like he's got well, a daughter. He, he never let her out of his sight. No, no, no. And he treated me like his daughter. I mean, right. I was very important, and he, you know, but I'm he very had oh, I remember health and safety. At, as a priority, and yeah. I, he would never if she, if she were to go into the training box. In fact, it did happen at one of the qualifiers where she went in with the doctor who's now in yeah. prison. Um, he went with her. Yeah, he's like, I'm not 
you're not going. I'm not letting you go into a place no. with. I don't That's care who athlete. they are. I don't care who yeah. they are. It's your athlete, right? And you know me. You know me also. I'm right. I'm I'm protective of right. Not just that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. doing skills that aren't ready for it, things like that. I'm very protective of that. Mm-hmm. And Igor's even yeah. Yes, he's, very much so. He's, he's very so, protective of from. He's always been like that. Yes, very. And, sometimes maybe a little. You know, at times I would say he's mellowed out. He's mellowed out a lot. Well, and but, but I think in. Very overprotective. I think you need that. Yeah. yeah. I think overprotection is a compliment. Right. Right. And people don't look at it that way, but yeah. it really is. And and fathers that are like that and everything else, everybody before that was like, oh, don't you think you're taking a little over the top? Doesn't say that anymore. Yeah. They're like, mm, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we did. I understand. <laughs> but it, has, like it protected her. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, we now that all that, because that she was right in the midst of all, before all of that. Mm-hmm. Which is like, really scary to think it about. It is scary to yeah. think about because you're stepping in there going, oh my gosh, I was there and I, I, that kind of stuff could easily right. happen to her. could have been me. could have been her. <laughs> just, and I'm yeah. so thankful it, it wasn't. And right. that she had a coach that, you know, was all about protecting her. And, um, but obviously I think God played out. This isn't, this isn't the path I want for you because this isn't going to. And I had a really right. hard time accepting that. You know, I mm-hmm. still struggle. I'm like, I could have been, I know this person and I, you know, it kills me. And, <laughs> but it wasn't, that's not, that that's wasn't not what, what I was supposed to do. So that's, but that's fine. But. You, you got to look at it from the other standpoint is the way it played out is probably what's going to make you the coach that you're going to become. I agree. Because I think you're. I think. I hope so. <laughs> just from what I've watched so far, right. I mean, it, believe me, I've I've coached with some pretty good people, and I've said it before. You know, I'm like Kinsey's going to be pretty darn good. Thank you. Well, and here's the here's the crazy thing that has never happened to me before with coaching coaching with ex gymnasts. You first off, I'll be coaching something, and she'll be like, "Why do you do that?" Yeah. Why do you do? Because it came easy for you. Let's admit it. Oh, it did. And that's it why came it's, easy. it's kind of hard. So for it's me hard to be a coach when it comes yeah. easy because you're like, why aren't you doing the full? And they're like, because it's hard. And you're yeah, like, how do you not feel this? How do you? Do you like, I did it on my first attempt. What's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> she so had terrible. a kit. She had a kit before she tried it. Right. Okay. So, let's, <laughs> but you don't do that. And no. and when I do drills and stuff, you'll be like, hey, and. You're more knowledgeable than I am. I mean, because you did it all. I didn't do it all. Like, my big old fat butt was never doing any release move ever. Like, my release move was to the floor. That's where it goes. <laughs> release here, fall on your face. That's where it goes. Because my big old butt. But uh, you don't do that. You you. I'll do a drill and you'll be like, what's that for? Why do you do that? Mm-hmm. Every other great at- or good athlete, even good like I've coached with some nines and tens that thought they were really good when they were athletes, and I'm like, I saw you compete. You weren't that great, <laughs> but they will be like, "Oh, I know, I know," and I'll show them a drill, okay. and I'll be like, "Okay, this is like when with our little group, I showed you my my developmental workout for bars." Yeah. Not one time were you like, "Oh yeah, I know, I do that." You know what though? That has to do with that has to do with security. You, you're, you're, you have high enough self-esteem that you understand that I'm not judging you for what your, what you, th- your knowledge is. I'm just showing you what I do. Yeah. Yeah. But she's also very much wants to be a good coach and wants Absolutely. to learn. And she is, she is a student of Which sport. a lot of people aren't. Right. But great, great athletes were. Peyton Manning is a perfect example. 
Not a great arm. A lot of people would say average quarterback. What? Except, stop. Let me finish. <laughs> what made Peyton Manning great was his study of the game. He understood football. He could look at a defense, and he knows exactly what you're trying to cover up. And he would change it and at the line and do it. He, was, he wasn't a great. Have you ever seen his long pass? It's, it's like a dying duck. It's like someone shot it out of the air, and it would fall into their arms. <sighs> I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> talent-wise, talent-wise, arm-wise, Ryan Leaf is a better quarterback. But Ryan Leaf liked to party and never watched film. That's why he ended up in federal prison. Peyton Manning was not gifted gifted um, physically. He wasn't. Tom Brady, Brett Favre, you can name 85 quarterbacks right now that had a better arm than Peyton Manning. But he was smarter than any other quarterback in the NFL. And that's what makes and that that's the next level athlete. And that what makes you a next level coach. Anytime you can say, "Hey, I don't know everything. Can you show me that?" I still on Saturday mornings, Saturday mornings are still one of my favorite days because I get to watch Igor coach. Mm-hmm. It's still one of my favorite days. Because you know, I get to hear hours. his corrections. I yeah. get to hear his corrections. Yeah. And and I get to watch him coach and I get to watch how he interacts with his athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I happen to think I'm a really good vault coach, but I'm a good vault coach because I listen to Terry, Igor, and David. Yeah. That's it. That's why I'm a good vault coach. And you know, I had a conversation with her the other day. I'm like, you know, with with our future, if if we're gonna be co coaches together, yeah. um, you know, I, I told her I was like, I'm kind of concerned that I'm not good enough. You know, I, oh, it, it, stop. It kind of scares me because I I want what's best for the kids, and I just I I'm unsure if I can provide that. Now saying that, I'm like, I I want to come in in the mornings, and I I think I it's important for me to watch how you guys coach, what you correct, you know, what makes a skill work, what doesn't? Because I I I don't work in the morning. I don't know that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I mean, but I, I come to you at night. I'm like, Jason, right. I don't know how to fix this. Like, right. what is she doing wrong? Yeah. I, I just don't know. But I, I think that that thought that you have, where you're like, I don't know if I'm. That's what's going to make you a good coach. Mm-hmm. Right that's there. what makes Anthony and I good coaches. Yeah, because I, I have it all the time too. Yeah. I mean, the other day mm-hmm. I talked to one of my um, coworker and and he, people that know him, they think he's a very good bar coach. And I was and I I stepped <laughs> back and I, I was at, I was like, dude, can you give me some advice? On, on these girls and he goes are you questioning yourself and I was like yeah I said I I just want to make sure that I'm doing what's best for my gymnast and right. I don't know if I am yeah. and he's mm-hmm. like first of all stop you're fine your girls are fine it's like but if you're asking about this one and this one if it was me I would probably have her do this this and that so we can get this score for this this and then you can go back to that mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay and then, of course, he texts me later. He's like, dude, don't be doing that. He's like, you're fine. By the way, I know your girls love you and you know, yeah. wrote this nice thing. And I was like, oh, okay. But that's that's what, what that's what's going to make you better right? and keep the, you going yeah. forward. The moment you yeah. start thinking you already know everything and there's nothing left oh, to done. learn, yeah. you're done. then you're really not that great yeah. of a coach as well, you thought I, you were. I, and I, and I a lot of those coaches that doubt yourself sometimes. Well, a lot of those you coaches I mean? that aren't coaching anymore from that clique I'm talking about, that's exactly the other things too. But a lot of them, that's exactly why they're not coaching anymore. Well, I know it all. I can't learn anymore. Okay. If if you think that, you're yeah. absolutely 100% done. 
first off, trust me, there's plenty of dudes that thought they were great defensive coaches, and then Buddy Ryan came along with the 4-6, and they're like, I never thought of that. And then cover two. It happens in football all the time. You would think, okay, it's real easy. There's a football. Go tackle them. Like, put people in right positions. Mm-hmm. And it changes all the time. Why? Because they keep questioning it. Why did gymnastics keep changing? You can watch the men and you're like, that's what girls will be doing five years from now. So we better start working towards that. (laughs) But, you know, and and then people are like, well, a female will never be able to do that. A female will never be able to do your Chenko double pike. Mm. Not true. Watch Mm -hmm. me. Watch me. Watch me, but watch these angles. Yeah. Let Watch this. Mm -hmm. If I change this and I do, and that's how Igor thinks. He's like, well, if you change this angle and do this and this and when when you stop doing that, when you stop looking, it's probably time for you to stop coaching. Yeah. Because, but the greatest compliment, and I know Anthony has gotten compliments along the same line, and I'm sure you have. The greatest compliment I ever got, and I was feeling insecure about my coaching. I was coaching with Terry at the time. And we went to a meet, and there were girls, there was a group I had that Terry really didn't coach. and But Terry would always go with me and and help out and stuff like that and i'm and this coach uh mark was his name mark walks up to me and he goes man how do you do it i'm like what what do you mean we're all we're all about the same like you had plenty of nine fives today what do you mean how do i do it he goes no 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 he goes my girls compete for me he goes your girls look like they would die for you Mm -hmm. and i'm like because they know I care about them more than I care about the score. Yeah. They know I will I will scratch them on an event if I think it's unsafe. They know that their best interest and Igor is the same line. Mm-hmm. They know that if their best interests aren't being met that he's going to do what he needs for that to happen. That's the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Lisa Train, Lisa Train said it best. She goes, "If I die, and I go to heaven, and there's two lines, and one are people that think I should be in heaven and people that don't think I should be in heaven. If one of my athletes is in that line, I failed as a coach. Yep. One athlete. They might not at the time understand when you're correcting them and you're begging them for their best, yeah. and you're trying to get them to their best. They might not understand that at 12 years old. But if they can't look back on that career at 22 years old mm-hmm. and know that coach Yep. Had my best interest at mind, mm. then you failed. Yep. How do you want to be remembered? It keeps me up at night. Yeah. Yep. How do you want to be I remembered? I as look a coach? back. I look back. There. I just. I just. <laughs> I was at level five state. Not this year because I didn't coach compulsories this year. Last year, I guess. Whichever my last year at Eagle, we go to level five state. There's this coach from another gym. I look at her and I'm like. Why is she staring at me? Like, I know I ain't that good looking. (laughs) My George Clooney disease hasn't kicked in all the way. And I know I'm not that good looking yet. So I don't know what, why is she staring at me? And so we go a few rotations and I'm like, maybe she's just like, sees how the girls are competing and think, oh, they're pretty good. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I go over, I'm talking, I'm goofing around like I always am at a meet and I'm goofing with some other coaches and a coach comes over and goes, hey. Jason Powell, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, that coach from so-and-so, do you know her? And I'm like, no. what's her name? <laughs> and he tells me her name. It's one of my ex-athletes mm-hmm. that I kicked off team. <laughs> You're like, oh. That no. I kicked off team because she was at a school dance and she was doing things inappropriate. 
And I said, look, when you're on my team, you can't do this. And her parents were like, you can't tell her what to do outside practice, blah, blah, blah. And I said, bye. And here she is. She's coaching. This is almost 20 years later. Looked like a totally different person, by the way. Like, I totally didn't recognize her at all. I was so embarrassed that I didn't recognize her. But I was like, and I didn't ask her. I'm like, do you still hold that against me? Like, I I felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I had known I kicked her off team. And I didn't know how her, I I heard things afterwards. And I know things. I want to know what she was doing. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you when we're off air. But, and. I I was I, w- I was uncomfortable, and then I thought back in my head. I'm like, I did the right thing. Right. I did the right thing for her. I did the right thing for my team. I had everybody's best interest at mind. I was hoping that by me saying then bye, that it would have turned around. It didn't. I know that other things happened, but obviously in the long run, it did. Does she hold that against me? I don't know. That statement that Lisa told me keeps me up at night. Yeah. You know, I funny you say that. that. I had a, a girl that I coached in high school who, super talented. I love the kid, but she made some bad decisions. She just kept making bad decisions. Right. Um, and we were in high school, so it was a contract situation where I said, all right, we're on a contract between grades and doing things you weren't supposed to be doing and not following the rules and, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, I'd given her chance after chance, and then it was – you know, I love you dearly. I, I like you, but you can't do this. We can't keep doing this. So if if this happens, this any one of these things happens, I have you're going to be removed from this team. And, right. and I had to have a meeting with the parent. Parent didn't like me because she didn't like that I was holding her kid accountable. But she even said that her kid was. She agreed she was doing some things right. she shouldn't be doing. But you don't want to admit that it's as far as you think right. it is. Right. So funny that. So she ends up getting kicked off the team. In high school, her senior year, whatever, she was one of my best kids. Yeah. It doesn't matter at this point. Doesn't matter. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Like you're not going to yeah. keep disrespecting my program and my rules, even though I love you. I, I mean, I do. I love the kid. She was. Right. I like her as a person. Um, but anyway, so flash, flash forward many years, she's now a mom, has two kids, three kids, maybe now at this point. Um, yeah, I hadn't talked to her in a long time. Yeah. Um, she. I saw her years after. I know exactly and it, what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and she just, she came up and she goes, I'm, it, it, along those lines, I don't know how she would have felt about right. me. And then it was, I appreciated you so much. She goes, I was such a little yeah. S-H-I-T. And um, <laughs> she said, I just, you know, I know I was making those bad choices. I know I was, but she still, she said, I respect you for doing that. Yeah. Um, she goes, I don't hold that against you at all. And I'm, you know, I, I, I was like, I, I've always liked you. You know, yeah. you, I love you. You're you're an awesome person. Yeah. She said, and I said, but you yeah, know, I don't. It's, I'm, don't it's have, a hard lesson to learn. It is, and oh, I don't have sure. any hard feelings towards her. I never did. It's just yeah. these are the rules. It has nothing to do personally. It's just these are the rules. And um, you know, she apologized, and she's just you know gave her a big hug, and and I'm like, you're, yeah, cool. I'm glad things are good. I'm glad you know you're an adult now. You learn. That's but I. That's how you learn yeah. you right. know, when you hold them to keep them accountable for what they do. I know. Um, even though mom didn't want me to. And mom was not happy. And mom went, you know, above and yeah. complaining. And I'm like, but I got support. It was, right. well, here's the rules. And if she can't follow it, she can't follow it. Well, and I've, yeah. I've said anyway. it before, and I'll end the show on this since we're way, way, way over. over. Yeah, I can't sit in this chair. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh. you can put uh, the lumbar support in I'm, there. I'm worse than um, you when it comes to having ADHD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know it. 
I think the most one of the most valuable lessons you can learn, and and Kinsey, you can attribute to this because you've been on every side of it, and you're a mom now, and so you're going to have to deal with it soon too when your kids are in sports. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the one thing I learned when I watched that Bulls documentary. <laughs> that Bulls documentary oh, with Michael Jordan and all those guys when the Bulls were so awesome. Yep. The number one thing I learned was that when Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team, he went home to his mom and she said, work harder. She didn't, she didn't call the superintendent, didn't, <laughs> didn't call the coach, yeah. didn't call the teacher, didn't call the principal. She said, work harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the lessons people have to learn. If you want to start, cause we don't just talk about gymnastics, although we did today. We don't just talk about that. We talk about every sport. If yep. you want to start, you want to be on the field, your husband can yep. attest to this. Yep. You you have to make yourself indispensable. Exactly. And you can be the most talented kid on my team, and you could be doing every skill before everybody else, and you could be this front runner that's teaching them all that. But if you're teaching them bad things out of practice, I can't have you there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And no matter what your parents think, because I have a whole team to think about. That's right. It's not just yep. about that one child, and the parents have a no hard matter time how talented they are. Yeah, and you know that's that kind of threw me off when uh, Van Gundy, who is the head coach at Oklahoma State, when they called him a racist and all that stuff. He took a four million dollar pay cut. Um, his players called a meeting, and it was all because the best player called him a racist because he wore a t shirt that had OAN on it, which is a conservative news channel, and called him on a fishing trip, on a personal trip, mm-hmm. had the shirt on, called him a racist, all this stuff. In a right world, if you're really that great of a coach, I don't care if he's your f- number one recruit, five star, you're gone. Yep, you're gone. Yep. And when the uh, when the when the when the college came to me and said, if you kick him off team, you're fired. I'll go clean my office out, and that's easy for me to say because I don't make five million dollars a year. Right. I make pretty <laughs> close. I'm close. <laughs> yeah, but I don't make five million dollars a year. That's the difference between him and me. I and I absolutely know. I would have been going home telling my wife, who, by the way, I can also get fired because she's a doctor. I can <laughs> going home telling my wife we're out five million dollars a year. But you know what would happen? A conservative school would have called him the next day and given him that same salary. Mm-hmm. Because if there's everything that's going on in the world right now, what they're saying, what Ben Shapiro, all these guys are saying, is wait two weeks. They're going to criticize you because the people that are waiting to criticize you are going to criticize you right away. Mm-hmm. Nobody waits to criticize somebody. You did something I don't like. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to tell you why it's bad. Blah, 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 blah. The problem is the people that defend you take two weeks to defend you. Mm-hmm. Wait two weeks. Yeah. I would have been fired. I would have maybe. And that's why I'll never be in a, that, a high level college because you got to play the political game and I'm not going to play it. But. Yep. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Players can't run the team. Right. They shouldn't run the team. And by the way, Oklahoma State sucked this year. So, yay. <laughs> so, you can't do that. Do you think that happens in Nick Saban's programs? No. Uh, who was the LSU coach that coached the gymnastics team? What was her name? Dee Dee Burrow. Guarantee it never happened in her program. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not saying anything else, but I'm saying I guarantee it didn't happen. In, I didn't. It didn't happen in her program. You didn't hear me groan, but I was groaning. <laughs> it didn't happen. You know, there's a lot of programs that are pretty successful. I guarantee Bobby Knight, 
Didn't happen in his programs. Is he a good person? Maybe not. But his programs did what they were supposed to do in college. There's a fine line there. You got to find it. But you can't let the team because they're going to sooner or later they're going to make bad decisions. Yeah. And you yep. just can't. You can't. You got to be careful the whole team. Yep. And what's that tell? What's that tell that those those? I no matter what you think when you're in college and you can. Mm-hmm. Say this because you're the closest to college age than any of us. <laughs> yeah. Denise and I were actually studying the wheel when yeah. we were in college. Um, Weird. But you're the closest to college age. Mm-hmm. Are you truly an adult in college? No. Especially, especially if you're a student athlete. Yeah, because you haven't been in the real world. Right. And you're told what to do the whole time. They yeah, you don't, they own you. don't really have freedom. Right. You will do what they you do are told, They do own you period. in college. Yes. yes. They own, because they're. It's like, here, I'm going to give you this, but this is what you have to do. You have to do this. And if you don't do this, I'm going to take this away. Yep. And yep. Kentucky, I don't know how much your scholarship was worth, but I know at George Washington University, it's worth $500,000. $500,000. For, for four years? For four years. Oh, good Lord. Stanford's three fifty. dollars mm, Something like gosh. that. Three fifty. dollars I don't even know. What? I am. Yours was well over, uh, probably well over $50,000. Oh, probably yeah, close yeah, to like yeah. 125, 150. Uh, you know what? I bet it was t- probably 200. But I, w- I don't know. 25,000 a yeah. semester. I don't, I don't remember. Well, there you go. So they're pay. They're p- technically paying you, even though it's not worth what it used to be worth. Well, I mean, that's why I, I didn't do my senior year. Yeah. You know, I made some poor choices and I learned a hard lesson, but I also, learned a lot about myself yeah to be honest. and yep you are, you know, so, are you do you think you should have looked at different schools after that and pulled your letter of i wish i would see i don't know if you could have done could you have done that that's a good question could you well, have done that you because have of to wait a year yeah. i know she would have had to wait a year but also i know who your parents are and they would have said you're already committed <laughs> but she would have let you do what you wanted to do i don't know i don't know your junior what do you I, think? I wish that i would have um you know i had interest from LSU, uh, Alabama, Florida, um, some other other places. And I'm just like, why? I don't know. Maybe I just felt like like I needed to go to Kentucky because they've been so interested. Like they've been the longest interested Well, that's loyalty. Yeah. Um, Probably so. But literally, Kentucky is the only place I visited. And then I just committed. Like I didn't even go look at anything else. Mm -hmm. And I – Strongly regret that. Some like, of that's I wish your I humility. Some of that's your humility too. Yeah, because you are a humble person. So I think some of it was they have interest in me. Oh, they want. They me. brought me out. They want yeah. me. I'm going to sign well, with them. And I and I really liked those coaches. Yeah, you know. And I think I would have made a different decision knowing we had a new coaching staff. Like I didn't. I don't think I. We didn't know until we even right well, until we got there. I don't think my if dorm. they change coaching staff on you, do you think you should have to wait a year? That I seems know, unfair. It does seem unfair. That seems and, unfair. And because I committed those coaches, to those coaches, but those coaches yeah. aren't the ones who recruited you. They don't right. technically want you. They're like, and I don't even know that. Like, yeah. you know what I they mean? They don't know but what if those I'm coaches don't right. recruit you. They don't know yeah. what they're getting coming in. They right. they never even saw these kids. Right. So they're like, okay, I don't even know if that's what I'm looking for. Right. But you got to work. You might be into a Nastia type, a body type. Yeah. And then you show up with your Mary Lou type, which is not an insult, no, by the way. No, it's not at all. <laughs> not at all. You show up with this power and they want finesse. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying they should take away the fact that you committed to the – and they're going to say you committed to the school, not the coaching staff. I know what they're going to say. Is mm-hmm. that fair? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, mean, I, I, thought, mean, did you, I you thought, thought it was Anthony, funny. What do you think? I, that's a good question. What do you think? Yeah. You think that's fair? 
if they change the coaching staff that you still have to no you should be you should be able to be like okay well did you choose the school based on the school or the coaching staff the coaching staff is what i chose See? so there you go and I the mean, people that changed it because of the, uh, the people that signed because of the school are still going to go they're not going to move so it the people that wanted to and i know college coaches are minds are blowing up right now or <laughs> i know they're they're like oh they're screaming at their radio or whatever but Again, if we're looking at the best interest of the kid and they chose that coaching staff because of who the coaching staff was, how they coached, it uh, matches their learning style, all that stuff. Right. You should be about, should you have to give that new coaching staff a chance? I don't know. Well, I feel like I didn't have a choice. I mean, I right. was already there. Well, and you would have you to know? sit out a year. But I just goes to show, like, he he had made this comment. I'm not going to, you know, mention his name. <laughs> He had made the comment that kind of made me realize, like, you never really knew who I was before I came in here. Yeah. And you still, like, you just didn't take the time to Learn even look am. it up. Like, yeah. you, you know. Um, but he said, you know, you should be doing the routines that you were um, you were recruited for. And I kind of looked at him. I started laughing. I was like, there's no freaking way I'm doing double out, full in, <laughs> double Arabian routine. Like, no, I can't yeah. do that anymore. You know, right. I, I came here to, to take it easy and just enjoy, you know, my last years of gymnastics. And. Mm-hmm. You know, he and that team atmosphere. Yeah. I, I tell kids that's yeah. the reward, man. That team atmosphere, the kids cheering for each other. It's and he a different was, world. He was so new in college coaching. I feel like he still had that elite mentality. And I just Ugh. that's not what I wanted. And, and that's, that's not what why that is. Clashed. That's not what that is. Yeah. You can't you can't expect someone to do the same routines that they were doing when they were doing 30 hours a week when they're only doing 20 hours a week. And some of that's weightlifting and some of that's doing stuff that and let alone being you know to. 20 years old and having to do 10 beam routines or five floor time yeah. like i can't i your body that's when you I go to your it broken anymore. down yeah. and i the yeah. numbers are harder and your body hurts especially more. on 20 yeah. hours a week yeah if you're doing 20 here's the thing you're doing 20 hours a week you're doing 20 hours of those numbers that's not with conditioning right right conditioning they had you do at a different time mm-hmm so now you're doing 20 hours, which is actually more hours than elite is doing numbers wise, because an elite, there's conditioning built in there, too. Mm-hmm. There's stretching. There's all these things that are built in that you don't do in college because they're like, oh, we only have 20 hours, especially yeah. if you come off that elite mentality. Yeah. So and then you're adding different conditioning that you've never even done. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't touch a weight before you went to Kentucky, did you? No. <laughs> so I don't want to call it Kentucky. I'm saying this is all coaching. But because I know from talking to other college athletes that they do that too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, Anthony's and it's also about- like hearing from other people. And I'm like, well, I wish my workout was like that. Oh, you go in and do one nine nine routine. Oh, well, I could have done that. Like, yeah. <laughs> not ten of them. You know, right, right. That's difficult. But. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You got to change that coaching style. And most college coaches that have been there a while. I've told you. I know I, Anthony's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so Anthony, tell him. Like, share, like, share, comment, subscribe, comment, comment, and share, share. Hey, Anthony, thank the guests. Thank you for coming on our hey. delicious podcast. <laughs> with our, three, our three and a half hour podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you. No, it, was it was fun. fun. See, I knew I knew once we started that it would it would go that. I did. I I kind of held back. I didn't talk as much as usual, did I? I think I still did. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot that you wanted to cover. I mean, just take yeah. Time. Well, it's hard because it's all over the map. When well, yeah. and when we were well, when we were talking we about anyway. doing the podcast, when we were talking about doing the podcast, I had all these questions. Those are all the questions I had. I'm like, oh, I should just focus on one thing. I'm like, but I really want to know this, and I really want to know this. <laughs> ask, ask, ask. Because yeah. you don't get you don't you especially don't get the dynamic. Will coached his sons in their sports, and then 
and then Anthony coaches his daughter, but you know, and Anthony's daughter is very talented, but not like will stop coaching his kids when they got to high school. Mm-hmm. And you know, Anthony, how long have you been coaching your daughter? Mm, this is probably the second year. Right. And second it's season. not like he ever watched other coaches, coaches daughter where you've yeah. seen, yeah. you got to watch them coach. Right. And then you got to coach her. And then it's, it's just, it's such well, a weird so dynamic. It's on the back end. Yeah. I was, like on the back end. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like my last years. I'm like, I came into this going, oh, I'm going to listen. I'm not saying much. I want to listen because I'm, yeah. Well, the wealth of knowledge. The Lord knows that I I struggle mentally with, you know what I mean, with my team and just with my daughter making sure that I'm the best, doing the best for her, for for myself and stuff like that. But I think the best thing you can do if it. And hearing from an ex, you know, gymnast, you know. Yeah. and, And like you said, chill out. Obviously, be 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 very div- diligent on who you choose to coach your kids. Right. But once you make that decision, let them do it. Yeah, let yeah. them do it. Yeah, don't keep jumping around because it's just it's going to. If you slow really down. want your kid to be successful, mm-hmm. you yeah. gotta you've got to let your coach. Yeah. Well, and if you parallel if you parallel the two careers, because mm-hmm. I'd say you and Haley are pretty close. What's the difference between yours and hers? Is the consistency of coaching mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, it, and these are Haley's words, not mine. When she, when I, we talked about when I turned her mom down and she said, you know, what's funny, Jason is I didn't need the knowledge. I needed to know that the coach had my best interests. That's mm-hmm. all I needed. So you would have been fine as my coach. Yeah. So I, I was bawling like a baby. I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. But, <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, and her and I used to always, but it was easy for me. The relationship her and I had, I didn't coach her. I was just a coach in the gym. And like, we'd play this game on a stopwatch, trying to stop it on double zeros and all this stuff. I got to do that stuff because I didn't coach her. Right. So who knows? Right. Who knows right. how it would have gone? But, and I'm, like I said, I was nowhere near ready. I didn't even, I didn't even know what a Hindorf was then. So, like, I definitely didn't know how to teach. I knew how to teach a clear hip. I knew how to teach a tekatcha, yeah. but how do you put them together? Like, I didn't know these things. Like, I didn't know any. And if you, oh, pirouetting on bars, blind changes. I, I, what? What? I didn't know the difference between a pirouette and a blind change. Oh, my goodness. You know, I didn't know. One originates with the belly. One originates with the back. I didn't know that until I was with Terry. And Terry's like, hey, dummy, come here. Let me show you. And he never did that, but he always was teaching me. So I didn't know that. But anyway, like, comment, share, share, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> or Anthony, you can go. We got four more hours, guys. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Thank you, Kenzie. Thank you, Denise. Yeah, thank you. Um, definitely have to have you on again. I have gotten requests to do a soccer episode, so yeah, definitely need my husband. <laughs> he yeah, needs he, to come he'd be on. A, a great source. Uh, I won't know anything. Yeah. I'll have to have my brother come on that show because hey, he plays you know, a lot. My husband also was a baseball player in college. Was yeah, he? He should he come was. on and talk to yep, Will. Yep. Will's yep. Bit, Will's. Yeah, no offense to Anthony, I love Anthony. <laughs> Will is a freaking genius. Yeah. Don't you agree? Oh yeah. Dude knows everything. Oh, no. Like people, and he's so quiet. My husband thinks he knows everything too. Well, that would be Will cool. Does, <laughs> Will's the opposite. Will thinks wow. he knows nothing, and he's a he is the equivalent of Terry in football and baseball, probably baseball even more. Nice. 
when he actually says stuff, it's like, oh my gosh. Like oh. when he's like, well, you got to do this, this and this and this and this. No, you don't have to bring it up that way. You got to do this, this oh. and this. And I mean, he breaks it down to these minute yeah. fine points. Like he would have been a great gymnastics coach. But he just, he's a, and he's so quiet and he's so humble. You know, he's the exact opposite of me. He's my <laughs> counter. Yeah. Just like Anthony. Anthony's a lot quieter than me. But he's a genius. And people that no, you know might not pick true. up on that, that listen to the Our show. Our last episode when we're, we're going back and forth, and then he would just jump in with, like, these facts and little numbers. Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And he sits back, and I'm like. What's funny oh, is oh, even what? on the video, it's the same way. Like, he's back here shaded. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> and then, and then, he, then goes, he goes yeah. back into the shadows. Yeah. It's like, what was that? Yeah, and me and Jason are laughing and playing, and or he starts to, you know, whatever. I start to groan, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much transgender, blah, 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 and then he'd be like, blah, 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 and then Will would come in and say, "Well, actually, the numbers state that blah blah blah,", blah and then disappear. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, so right. hopefully we'll get another. Well, you yeah. guys will come back on and we'll have Will on too, because cool. he'd love to hear about all this. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Anyway, because he won't listen to this whole episode. So, anyway. <laughs> no, sure, you don't want to go two and a half more hours? No, I'm good. Five hours? My wife is. I'm, I'm surprised my up. wife hasn't started blowing up my I phone. I know. It's, yeah, it's like, where are you? Yeah. Oh, don't worry, my anyway. sad that yeah. I was leaving. <laughs> I know. Yours, has, yours did before we even came on. <laughs> yeah. So now he's, his head's yeah. got to explode. Yeah, my There's wife no way and, you talk for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And it didn't feel like two hours. Well, for you, it did. For the rest, I don't think it well, didn't feel speak, like it for you. No, well, that's because you tell me to keep track of time, and then I start to look, and then I'm like, Okay, so how do I? He gets mesmerized, <laughs> and and he gets mesmerized by the numbers. Uh-huh. He's like, those numbers move fast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah. thank you for coming on. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. What was it? Was share, share, share. Most share, important, share, share, share it, share it, share. Yeah, my assistant said she's going to share this on all the gymnastics websites because. We're talking about gymnastics. Look at Denise. Denise is like, oh, crap. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Coach's Spot. Thank you guys for coming on. And bye.